The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. How good do you want to be? From play one to the last play, we fight. Today's about opportunity and character. We got a chance to come out here and play football. It's a blessing. Hey, every season is full of defining moments. Let's make this day a defining moment for us in our quest. Let's go, baby. This is the Morning Huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. With Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Now, here are the guys. Here we are. Gather around. We got something to talk about. It's the morning huddle. That is the handsome and overqualified RJ Ochoa, the managing editor of Blogging the Boys. I'm Rob Thompson. I know where my car is on the other side of the double pane glass. The omnipresent, ever faithful, and ongoing companion, Easy E. Edwin Hefner. How is everybody this morning? Everybody good? Hello. Au revoir. Hola. Konnichiwa. Thanks for holding down the ship yesterday, you and Joe Ryan Eagle. Stellar, as always. Thank it was you. Mostly me. Joe really did not. Yeah, he really is just kind of there. I mean, you know, it's like uh, fighting with one hand behind your back, and even then, like your better hand. You know what I mean? So I was just left handed southpaw. He is alone last night as uh, Jason Minnick's bringing his, uh, his champion wife home from Las Vegas as the lovely Mrs. Minnick's completed half a marathon in stellar style in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, not thanks. to. Um, not to make content out of something that's Jason's, and I'm certain he was planning on making content out of himself. But did you see? Um, did you see his Instagram story last night? Uh, last night, no, I don't think so. He, he posted a photo of a slot machine. Oh, yeah, okay. With with a bucket of coins. Coins. And he said. He, he said. <laughs> he was like, I haven't seen coins in forever. <laughs> Where was he? he? He even specified. He put in parentheses. He said, "Not my coins." <laughs> so he really didn't want to be judged. Uh, for them potentially being his. Those are the but, good old uh, days, man. When you have a yeah. bucket, when you'd walk around the, 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 for kids, you see kids back in the day, it was truly mechanical. Before, I mean, you know, before you just swiped your phone for everything, we had money. Buckets. Real and when you money. won, it was ching, 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 and you'd watch that thing spit out quarters or 50 cent pieces or dollars. It was, uh, it was, it, it wasn't better. It was different. Um, on the subject of money, this is uh, not going anywhere weird or anything like that, but this is a question that always lives in my mind. What's that? I think I've asked this before. But is there a finite amount of money on the earth? Is there a calculable uh, amount of money? It is forever being made. Of- no, there's more money being printed as we That's speak. dumb. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Why, if we can just make it, then why do, what value does it really have? Uh, if you, well, uh, go back. <laughs> You're asking the basic premise of, a, of my major in college economics. Okay. Um, well, you know, just, just so uh, we're There's clear, a variety though. of beliefs behind that, but the fact of the matter is we are an ever-expanding populace with an ever-expanding amount of money. If okay. we're not making it, somebody else is. If we're Shout not making to, it, uh, we're creating it called Bitcoin. Uh, we're, we're doing things we, to create value in things. Go back Shout and read about the, the Dutch tulip petal, uh, tulip bulb. There was a time when they thought tulip bulbs were money. Uh, anyway, okay. uh, moving, <laughs> moving along. Um, in the NFL, we know how much money we can spend. Our budget's been set, which is always nice. A finite amount. <laughs> it is. Well, you notice that ever, is ever expanding. and. Uh, this is the biggest jump in salary cap since since there's been a salary cap, and everybody 
has an idea of what they're going to spend. We're going to look at the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they had more money than, well, I think they had exactly as much money as they expected. I, you know, I think the NFL teams were kind of like, yeah, we knew it was coming. Everybody else is just shocked by the number, how much it went up as far as the salary cap. Um, I'm also shocked at people's response to this and reaction to this. People saying like, oh, is this good news? Everything commensurate. Everything. So if there's more available, then there's more that's wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it cool. Like, that's great, honestly, that, that there's more money available. But it doesn't mean that you get to, you know, store half of it under the mattress. No, you know no, what no. I mean? Like, it, yeah, and everybody it, has more money. Everybody, yeah, everybody knows that you have this money. Mm-hmm. I like the players, the representation. So they know that there's more to ask for. But it does um, make so it this, easier to settle when, when the dollar values are, are starting a little bit higher. I mean, this turned out this is a good thing for teams and a, and a good thing for players. And it's just how you're going to manipulate it. Because good, more money is always a good thing. And even though everybody else has more money, too, it gives you more playroom. And this is where I do believe great GMs are made. So, uh, um, or, or at we'll least, uh, uh, at least um, validated. How's that? That's fair. We are going to, in all likelihood, get to hear from you know the GM of the Dallas Cowboys entitled Jerry Jones, uh, as it is the NFL Combine, as you're mm-hmm. well aware. Uh, Jerry will be rolling up in the bus, and uh, and uh, for anyone unaware, he generally holds court in the bus for about an hour mm-hmm. uh, with members of the local media, the, the Dallas beat, to kind of get there and get to ask him some up close and personal questions. And you can bet your bottom dollar, since we're just obsessed with the dollar this morning, uh, that Jerry will discuss things like Dak Prescott. You think that'll be tomorrow? Parsons. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no Mike McCarthy and no Mike Zimmer there to distract him or take away his attention and preoccupy is, him. So. Uh, well, I, we're going to talk about that today. But just to kind of tease it forward, you know, I'm reading some stuff where people are like, this is huge, that they're not there. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what to make of it. That's a that's a weird take that it's a huge. Even well, Joe Reinagle, Mr. Haterade himself, said, I don't think this is a big deal. I don't so. think it is either. Although, we, speaking of coaches and input on players, uh, Greg Popovich sat in with uh, Coach K. That's a lot of consonants going on in one podcast, let me tell you. Uh, the need to That's buy a vowel fair. in that podcast is tremendous. But between the two, they're worth about $500 million. Uh, yeah. But Pop sat down with Coach K and, uh, and spoke basketball as only Coach K could get out of Pop. And very interesting thoughts on Wimby. Nothing really new, but always interesting to hear from Pop in, in those um Less than guarded moments. Well, especially because uh, we certainly hope he's feeling better, but didn't hear from Pop on Sunday night following the loss to Utah. Um, what a weird dynamic, right? Imagine being Coach K's producer and saying, okay, Coach, you know, we got to, you know, get this episode ready, you know, but let's, maybe we get a guest, you know what I mean? Like what you think about flipping through the Rolodex, he says, what if I call Greg Pop? You think uh, Coach Pop the producer's like, <laughs> producer's like, uh... Okay, <laughs> you think? Yeah, uh, his number. <laughs> Does he have a phone? I'm not sure he has um, a cell phone, but maybe. <laughs> the, so, um, you know, they uh, they fired up the old uh, roto dial. You know what I mean for pop. <laughs> <laughs> have did have you in your long and illustrious life ever used a dial phone? A roto. I mean, yeah, um, but you I will have. say the. The, the, yeah, but the landlines when I was growing up were more, um, even before like the cordless phone, uh, more just the standard like 
uh, like elongated, the heavy, uh, you know, like plunk a, phone. Yeah, like kind of kind of shaped like a like a couch armrest. Not you know, not exactly, not that wide, but shaped like. Well, a long if you were L cool, uh, after a while, you would get the big cushion so you could rest it oh, on your the, shoulder, the little, and walk well, around that's what, with like, it. Like office secretaries had, you know. Oh I mean? yeah, like just like, you, you had the little prop, uh, or some phones actually had like it looked like a a, a, a whale tail for a Porsche, kind of bolted on, and it would like cup around your shoulder, and it would like prop up the phone to your ear, if you were like a stock trader. I mean that was that was the when, um, height of technology at the time. When we had to charge the cordless phones. You know, that was just, I was always such a pain. You know. Well, oh, here man. was my impression of me on my cordless phone in 1987. Hello? Oh, hold on, let me get to the good phone. Cordless phones were, were useless. The That's, first okay, five well, years. In 1987, maybe a cordless phone was useless. Oh, they they improved. I would say circa 2000, you know, right around the time that Evanescence wrote Bring Me to Life, cordless phones were the bomb. But by that point, we all had cell phones, and we were, on, we were already cutting cords. No, but... Nobody was cutting a cord in 2000, dude. No, because you might have had a cell phone, but you had minutes. I remember you know I mean? that was a, a challenge. I remember my when I first my first home alarm that was set to a cell phone instead of uh, you know <laughs> a phone wire. I was like, we have made it. Technology here, bro. <laughs> Not only can I come home and see a list of all the phone numbers that called me on this little box that I have plugged in to my phone that's bolted to the wall, but also. My alarm is all on the uh, on the uh, cell phone towers. Modern man, modern. Who'd did have you, thought? Do you uh, do you have a beeper? I did have a beeper. Are you kidding? I think at one point did I had a beeper two or a pager. Uh, beeper. You, back then, you'd have yeah. one for work and you have one for fam. It was a. Uh, and you know. you know, I think that's why I'm so against watching something like I've never seen The Wire. It's got to be awkward to watch The Wire and just watch the, the what level of technology, technology was. And, well, hey, man, back yeah, then. Like, see, we were well, better like, at... We got to call, <laughs> call Johnson. Well, you you got to understand the progression. Process. See, but you have to follow the progression as to how we got here. See, we, we all got beepers to start with. And, you know, you dial in and, you, you know, you could dial in once you called the beeper. You could type in a number to have them call you back or a code. And everybody had codes. Yeah. So okay. it was those codes... That were the initial emojis. Before there were emojis, you had oh, codes. Great. So the process of how we got to where we are now all started with the beeper. I mean, the old 911, whatever. But you had a code. Pick me up would be, you know, whatever. XX1 or whatever you'd have. Well, that Those became the emojis of the time. And texting became kind of the process, the outlay of um, how you paged. Um. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know, you would get just like your people would flash like, oh, uh, 22. My wife wants me to pick exactly. up. Exactly. That's what home. it was. You know? So you'd have the code <laughs> so, for like, I, I'm done. Pick me up. So you didn't have to do thing, anything other than that. You don't have to call me. This is just the code. And you have a series. Was your beeper uh, like just normal, you know, bland black? Or did you have one of the cool, like, uh, well, you know, blonde, every office see through ones well, where you could see the wiring and stuff like that. When my first job in 1991, I was issued a beeper. And then about six months later, I had a brick phone. So I had a brick phone and a beeper, uh, which was a, at that point, the beeper was probably weighed about three pounds. And the brick phone weighed about 15 pounds. It was like packing around military equipment, like satellite link stuff on our backs. So you'd have to carry all that stuff. And then you had your home beeper, which you could decorate. You know, every now right. and then for like Christmas, your your wife would give you a new kind of clip or maybe a little, <laughs> little chain. 
<laughs> that we wove out of. I don't know, man. I'm, uh, I'm feeling really old right now. Well, if you want to feel younger, just consider that there's a podcast that featured Greg Popovich and, and Coach K, and they talked about a number of different things. Uh, you are a baller if your beeper could receive a text. That was big time stuff, Rudy. I, I don't know what you were into. <laughs> <laughs> your codes were different than mine if you had the ability to actually dig in and text. All right, let's talk some uh, sports today. What do you say? I You ready to have some fun? Who wants to have will, some fun? I will do that. We're going to air some that. grievances. You know, I I, uh, I have a couple, but Joe, Joe Joe's an angry dude, man. Joe Reinagle needs to have an airing of grievances. Just See, the reason we did that was so that guys like Joe have an opportunity to just exhale. I think it made his day yesterday. Yeah, for people like Joe, it's more of an intervention it is. Uh, than, a, than an airing. But, you know, the thing about interventions is they generally don't happen until they're forced upon you. And so in a loving way, of course. And that's what we did for Joe yesterday. We sort of, you know, he walked in. We had the banner hanging. You know, hey, Joe, we need to talk. You know, what you're doing is affecting us. It is. And, you know, it's a negative thing. And we all want the best for each other. Hey, coming back. Goldfinger had the mini beeper. Wow, we got to figure out what that is, too. Oh, the mini beeper, which was just (laughs) like your regular beeper, but more difficult to read. Uh, When we get back, Pop and Kay spoke. And what Pop and Case talked about is fundamentally and completely different from what Pop told us at the beginning of the season. Think about it. Pushing the patience agenda now. We're talking about the process and how patient we got to be in the process. Spurs talk coming next. You're on a fine radio show that we call the Morning Huddle on a first-class radio station we call 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Tonight at 5.45, it's college basketball, Wisconsin and Indiana, on your home for March Madness, 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, huddle up. It's your morning huddle. RJ Ochoa, Rob Thompson with you. Hey, we're talking Spurs at 7 o'clock. The rodeo road trip is winding down, and... uh, uh, let's see if they can finish strong up with the Timberwolves. They played a good game with them last time we saw. That it's it's possible this could be it. Maybe they're pacing I mean, themselves, but the road trip is done. They're playing tonight in Minnesota and will be home against the Thunder's on uh, Thursday night. Okay. Yay. By the way, um, I know I know we hadn't discussed this in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I pulled the numbers while talking to Joe yesterday. The streak is alive. We we hadn't. You know, examined. Oh, the, that's right. The assist streak <laughs> of 20 or better assists per 20 game. 20 or more. And we're up in the we're hundreds, 120, 120s now, right? We're sitting on 116. Oh. Uh, the record, and uh, Indiana's at 112, by the way, so shoo shoo. Uh, but uh, the all time record in this capacity is 120. So the Spurs can tie the record next week against the Rockets, but they can earn it outright and and write their names in the record books rob uh next i think it's thursday night against the kings in sacramento so countdown's on yeah i would like to see what their record is during this streak i think as of now it's 116 games long they've won 27 games 27 of those those games so i don't think you would like to see that i don't think we're going to be raising any banners i don't think we're going to have some kind of you know every high school has the best of every kind of like this guy back in 1972 won some kind of weird race that we don't even run anymore faster than anybody (laughs) ever did and we'll put that up there we had 120 games and counting of 20 or more assists you know over the weekend we should make a banner uh, you know what that would be the best thing we could do 
the the weekend of uh, the, the Spurs offered was um, interesting wow. to say the least, because Wimby is getting better by the game. He really is. I oh, mean, the, sure. this guy really is kind of figuring things out. Even though his body, I think, is getting a little worn out, his brain is starting starting to get it. And uh, now he's still a kid and still gets tired and still makes a lot a lot of mistakes. But uh, his 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 first five minutes last Friday night was that the Laker game. Friday or Saturday night? Friday night was the Laker game, yeah. Thursday was the Sacramento game. Was uh, redunculous. Oh, well, the crazy thing, and, and you had you were the one who put it on my radar, was Thursday night he fell one assist shy of the 5x5 five by five five by five. achievement. And in a, we were like, oh, that's cool. Like Maybe he'll come close to that again someday. Poof, that night, done. It's going to be awesome. known as the Wimby by the time he's done. You're going to get a Wimby. A dub T. Dub T, I like that too. Yeah, a Wimby thing. A Wimby thing. But the five by five was apparent. The first five minutes, what was it like? Thirteen points, four blocks, assists, and steal. He even cookied LeBron at one point. It was him, and then the rest. It was him and four Keystone cops. And I know I'm dating myself when I say that, but I can't find another four group of three or more people more bumbling than the four dudes that were running around him on Friday night. It didn't get much better on, on uh, Sunday, the Utah game. But Friday night was a damn disgrace. And I think the, the ramifications were paid on Sunday night against Utah when Keldon sat down. And we're going to talk about that at 7. But I, I, I was interested to see Pop and, and Coach K just because, hell. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Um, the 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 brilliance and the genius that was shared on a podcast with Coach Shashevsky and Coach Pop. You know they worked together with Team USA and certainly great minds. Um, great, a very interesting conversation about a lot of basketball stuff, but Wimby, of course. And um, this is nothing new from Pop, but every time I hear him talk about um, developing his young Victor Wimbayama, I, at first I didn't buy it, RJ. I didn't buy that. He hadn't been paying attention. But he said it so many times, I'm starting to believe it. So we've got a couple of cuts here, and I want to make sure we get them in order. So the first thing, uh, I want to have him talk about how he found out that he had Wimby. Do we have that separated out? We do. So, you know, we always heard from Pop beforehand, like, hey, man, I wasn't paying attention. I'd heard about this guy, but – and. It was Wimby. We were talking about him for two years. I knew who he was when he was 13. You tell me you didn't know. So, But I, the more I'm hearing him speak, I think that it, it is, in fact, true. So this is how Pop found out about Wimby, and this isn't – well, this is kind of interesting, actually. You know, I didn't watch him much ahead of time because I didn't expect that we would get the first pick. So I was actually on an airplane with my family going overseas on vacation when the lottery happened, and somebody woke me up my son-in-law on the plane and said, Hey, you won the lottery. That's when I started paying attention. So when I got <laughs> back on vacation, uh, I started watching the film. So uh, the realism, uh, a realistic view was, Hey man, we're not going to get number one anyway. So I might get my hopes up. And you know what? I actually buy that. Um, I also, the, the funniest thing to me is, you know, the Spurs are a we proposition for you and I uh-huh. pop son-in-law says you, you won the number one. <laughs> not we, you. Okay, cool. Um, I, I guess I buy it. I mean, you know, the, the lottery is the lottery for a reason. It's okay. The, the, uh, a sub-promo for the lottery. I'm sure Adam Silver was thrilled. It also tells me he had himself one hell of a business class suite. 
Somebody had to go yeah. knock on his business class suite door to wake him up as he was sleeping in one of those Air Emirates ones. Uh, this is Pop talking about just growing and developing a talent the likes of which he even, he even can't put his fingers around. This The Wimby growth is very interesting to watch under Pop's tutelage. When he walked into the gym, I looked at his feet and I looked at his hands and I saw him handling the ball like a guard. I thought, what do we have here? What are we going to do with this guy? How are we going to not screw him up? How are we going to not skip steps? You know, what, what's the order? What's the process here going to be? And that's a coach that, you know, obviously has done this two times. And three, if you count Manu, who has taken these, these young, talented, remarkable athletes and turned him into something. But you wonder if he's done it so much that there's not a little bit of, hey, I know what I'm doing here. Maybe you should listen to me just a little. Yeah, this um, this whole interview was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But it, it did have a, a baked-in subliminal message of patience, patience, patience. Right. You know, it's, al- it's almost like there was, you know, like one of those like old school sub- subliminals where they were literally saying the word and trying to hypnotize you in the process. Like it like, just flashes on know, the screen real quick. Patience. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, you know, we didn't know what to do with patience. And, you know, I just saw him handling the ball like a guard <laughs> patience, you know, and it's like, and so, you know, every Spurs fan listening to it comes away thinking like, you know what? They've done this right. You know, <laughs> like everyone walks away saying they've got this. What was I doing doubting them? So, I mean, I'm a little bit, you know, taking it with a grain of salt is my only point. I, I think you're brilliant right there, RJ, because Pop <laughs> does come from that black ops stuff. You know, he right. does have that military background, <laughs> so he's throwing patience in every three seconds. I'll tell you, that's a very different tone than we heard back in September. Remember, when a training camp began, he's like, uh, yeah, last year was about getting him. Now we got him. Let's go win. That's not been the case. It's, again, I'm not, I don't want to make things black and white and say it's a failure but oh, it's a failure well i mean i don't want to be that obtuse in this moment because oh I, be I, obtuse. I, I believe that Wemby would probably credit the process as to how he's and in, a, in an authentic way but he is this good now like you're, you're not just wasting one of the greatest rookie seasons in nba history you're wasting one of the greatest seasons that an individual player has offered in nba history and I don't even mean to imply or insinuate that not winning a, an NBA championship is wasting, but like to have 11 wins on on at the final game of the rodeo road trip, that is a waste. That is a failure of cataclysmic and galactic proportions. Dub T with a five by five, and you can't even win. At seven o'clock, we'll talk about the ramifications of the Dub T five by five, and if you continue to screw things up, do you finally pay the price? We'll talk about Keldon watching the game on Sunday night. Hey, coming back though, there's trouble afoot in Denver. Is it Russell versus the Broncos? Uh, looks like Russell Westbrook is going to, uh, go through his own smear campaign as he says he's the victim of one himself. Trouble in Denver and the salary cap in the NFL. Let's talk about it next. You have come to the right place, my friends, because this is the morning huddle and you're on 941 San Antonio Sports. San Antonio is Aggie country. This is Andrew Monaco, and you're listening to the home of the Aggies, 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's the morning huddle here on San Antonio Sports Star. RJ Ochoa, Rob Thompson with you. Thanks for sitting in with us, and we'd like to congratulate you on your decision-making uh, for you morning crew in, in uh, about uh, five minutes, six minutes. I'm going to give away some tickets to go see Hozier. You're a Hozier fan? 
You've been taken to church. I think that's yes. that's the song I know of. Uh, well, okay. Hoser is uh, coming to our fair city in uh, just a. Uh, uh, a couple of months. He'll be here September the 24th at our beautiful Frost Bank Center on the Unreal Unearth Tour. He'll be bringing along with him Allison Russell. You want to go hang around here and in five minutes. You say Russell? Allison Russell. Uh, old, old Man Russell's girl? I know, but you said Russell. We were talking about Russell. That is a, a you know what? That is a transition the likes of which just flew right over my head. Uh, Russell Wilson, um, what a weird couple of years he's had. Is on his way out of Denver. You know, there was at the during the Super Bowl, Peyton, uh, Sean Peyton, his current head coach, uh, said the, the, the decision with Russell will be made sooner or later. Uh, Russell Wilson sat down with Brandon Marshall, which is an incendiary combination, and I would think, uh, in, in a podcast. And uh, when when he when asked about the situation he found himself, he told Brandon that his agent told him that what Denver had done as far as how they'd handled his contract was illegal, according to the current NFL Players Association agreement with the team, with the league. And uh, evidently that's not the case, uh, but I, it just kind of shows me how kind of disconnected Russell is. Russell is the, um, you know, the expression like, oh, that's the wrong guy to pick a fight with or whatever. Russell is the wrong dude to get into a public PR battle with, because if there's one thing that this, this dude is a grinder. I mean, there's, you know, in a lot of senses, and I think his success on the football field is a, is, is a great representation of that. But if if anybody thought that Russell was going to let this story end with Russell being the failure mm-hmm. and that being the narrative, they have no idea who Russell Wilson really is. Um, I wouldn't call this a smear campaign that's unfolding, but Russell is out to, to reshape his image. And Somewhat in his defense, he took a lot of crap throughout the course of the season, <clears throat> excuse me, and let Sean Payton kind of write the book mm-hmm. on the way all this was unfolding. And so he's getting an opportunity to do that. The nature of his contract is so that if and when the Broncos release him, all the guaranteed money from the extension that they signed him to when they first acquired him, which just which just now is beginning to kick in this coming season, um, Russell can sign with the you know, any other team for the vet minimum and help his new team out. And the if the more money he's, he agrees to terms with his new team takes away money that the Broncos owe him. So if if you run the, the Raiders, it behooves Russ to come to you and say, hey, Rob, pay me the vet minimum. I'm guaranteed I'm that money screw anyway. I'm going to the wall, yeah. Yeah, well, Den- Denver's writing that check. Right. Let's, let's keep our cap space open as much as possible. And, yeah, I screw them to the wall, and that helps me out. And, you know, I feel personal satisfaction. But we're also able to do more around us as far as our goals are concerned. And if it's the Raiders specifically, then it hurts the Broncos all the more. That's why the Dak situation the Cowboys find themselves in is so interesting because Denver's in a worse position. Not only are they on it, but they're going to have to pay for it too no matter where it goes. So it is – Worst case scenario, and I think Russell's doing it the way that most players would. What's the, the so now that we have the salary cap, quarterbacks are worth right at thirty eight. That's the tender number, right? Is that the uh, franchise tag uh, number? I I believe so, but Russ isn't subject to that. No, I mean, I'm just saying. That, I'm just saying. So if the average quarterback's going to get thirty eight million, at least the average is the top five. And you can go get Russell for what league minimum twelve, thirteen for whatever years he's got in. I mean, yeah, whatever and that's you, a. 
and why why not do that to help your new team? Holy out as cow! Much as well, why possible? wouldn't the Cowboys think? I know it's crazy, and I know it. It, it, it is crazy. But why wouldn't a Cowboy at least in passing go? You know what? Because you're watching this dude publicly break up with his team and go through all avenues of heartbreak to do it. Why do you want to get in bed with him? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> because this is a vol. This is a volatile situation, and even if you think he's a good player right now, when recent history suggests that he certainly isn't, um, I mean, th- this is, you know, the Broncos have, I was thinking about this, you know, the Jets have drama, and you're like, oh, that's fun, and it's interesting, but like, it's kind of par for the course, right? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not shocked. I've seen a lot of drama from uh-huh. the Jets. This is strange to watch the Broncos, you know, generally this, you know, buttoned up, well-kept, Tiffany brand franchise, you know, kind of proper sort of team. To watch them be all unorganized and loose and chaotic, it's you know it's the house down the street that you're like them. They, they, they haven't that, mowed their that, lawn in weeks. <laughs> exactly, like that kind of. He did what? And they and and who? But went I mean, over. I, I will tell you, RJ. The, your arguments about not chasing Russell had nothing to do with being on the field. The only thing you brought up was you know we're taking over somebody was, else's drama. He and, was, he was an average quarterback at the best last year. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, again, if you really want to try and relate this to Dak, he finished second in MVP voting. I mean, you know, there are there are avenues worth considering and worth exploring, but Russell Wilson truly is not one of them. And uh, that is just because of who Russell is as a player. The personality only further weighs him down as far as candidacy is concerned. But I think we both agree that the guy still got something in the tank and whoever he lands with is going to be better. Is that a safe assumption? Yeah, but because they have a long way to go. Like if Russ lands in Atlanta or Vegas or, you know, I I think what would be super interesting to see is say he goes to the Giants. I mean, something like that would be really – just because they're kind Mm -hmm. of in a weird spot with Daniel Jones. The other thing is Russ likes attention. We know that, right? Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? You know, hey, it's you a know, brand. live your life. Uh, but you know, he he also, unlike most uh, NFL players, has an extraordinarily famous wife who's famous in her own right. And so, what other place for them to go, kind of, you know, make their next mark as a as a power couple than New York? I mean, New uh, Jersey. They got a top I mean, you, as Rudolph Gonzalez on our feed. One of our uh, our many very active morning crew. Um, they're the toxic version of Swift and Kelsey. Um, Tarek says in the brigade bar, Wilson can win big games and Dak can't. Tarek, I'll give you 30 minutes to tell me the last big game that Russell Wilson won, and I know that you can't do it. So, um, Russ was, you know, a part of a team that won a Super Bowl early in his career, but he was literally the quarterback for one of the greatest defenses and run games of all time. The NFL has gathered in Indianapolis to do something. Is this weekend kind of, is this pointless? What are we doing here? Uh, let's talk about the combine as it begins in earnest today coming up next. And Jerry's there, we think, or at least the bus is headed that way. Where's Mike and Mike? No, not the radio show, the uh, coaches. Uh, we'll be right back. You're on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, jump on the phone, 656-3776, 656-ESPN. Hozier's going to be here September the 24th. You want to go, be caller number three, number three to 656-3776, and you will be on your way. 
And while others are dialing and while you are too, take the time to subscribe to this fantastic morning podcast. Make sure you're liking it, subscribing it on a regular basis. It's a good-looking Stanley you got going on there, RJ. What's, what's the icy uh, cold beverage of the day? It's just water, but, um, you know, it's my Stanley. It's not your Stanley, which I hope is a lesson that you learned. I, um, I, I haven't learned a lesson. <laughs> and I know that there's another Stanley floating around someplace that will be mine. Oh, yes. It will be mine. Well, this this one is mine, and um, you don't have one right now, and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's I got one. You know, I got one. I just don't have the the uh, the desert camo one like you have. The I, I don't know how many ounces this is. I want to look it up because this is a lot of fluid to carry around. <laughs> it's too much. What we need to just go ahead and adopt. We're headed there anyway. Is designer camelbacks now? Now we're talking. If once we're all walking around with our own personalized. Fancy camelback, just a little hose right here, so you can just get a, little, get a little something. No, did you um, did you ever have a camelback? Uh, the, uh, my, there's one in our house. I think there's a couple in our house. Uh, you know, we camped. We're, we're outdoorsy people. Yeah. Um. So th- does the combine? Are they running today? Are they working out today? Today is uh, a lot of meetings or a lot of uh, media. Oh, so, so it's media. Not today. quite there yet. Yeah. So what? So, it, what, what? so the media is there. The players are there. Right. Um. And tomorrow they start the individual workouts. Right. That's the schedule. But um, the most pertinent information that can be gleaned comes from the media availability. No disrespect to the athletes, obviously, but the combine has become so. I don't want to say watered down, but a lot of these guys just prefer to, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously manage their own things at their own pro days and whatnot. It's really about players looking to take a leap in a round. And you know, I, you can go improve your stock if you're a lower round guy. And that's really it. Those first rounders, they know who they are. Well, I mean, they're well, not us. <laughs> we'll talk about the Cowboys and the extra money uh, that they do have to spend in the next hour, but around the corner. We talk silver and black at 7 o'clock every day, and we're going to do it again coming up next. This is trip tonight in Minnesota. They're taking on the Timberwolves. Tip is set for 7 o'clock. The Cowboys are not expected to franchise running back Tony Pollard, according to NFL insider Adam Schefter. World champion Texas Rangers won yesterday 4-2. The Detroit Tigers beat the Houston Astros 4 to nothing. Step in a jam by Wimbanyama. This is the morning huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Now, here's Rob and RJ. Gather around. We got something to talk about. It's the morning huddle. He's RJ Ochoa. I'm Rob Thompson. RJ stays busy. He's also the uh, managing editor of Blogging the Boys. We'll talk a lot of Cowboys uh, this hour. Look around the NFL as well as the Combine is beginning in earnest. Lots of meetings and PR stuff today. Uh, Spurs playing uh, tonight. Uh, winding up that long rodeo road trip, which might very well be coming to an end here pretty soon, next couple of years, if they get a new... Uh, Frost Bank Center built. They might not have to travel all of February 
as we can have Spurs and the rodeo together, maybe at some point in the future. But as we sit now, the uh, what was the coming together? You know, back in the day, the the guys would gather around and pack a bag and leave for the month of uh, February, come back ready to go win a title. <laughs> That's no longer the case. We're hoping to win one of these road trip games um, against the Timberwolves. It won't be easy. That's a team that's uh, really, really good. So, uh, Coach Pop yesterday uh, was sitting with Coach K, and we're going to get to some sound from him. But the weekend's basketball games are so so exemplified where the Spurs are today because as Wimby continues to improve, and and I heard Joe in his promo, RJ, talking about the today on the show, they're going to talk about not only is Wimby just about a lock as uh, Kendrick Perkins, he's about to join us. Uh, we got some sound from him. Says he's locked and he's right uh, as a uh, as the rookie of the year. This dude is headed headed toward all NBA play. What we're seeing is incalculable, right? I mean, this is we're, we're we've we found the new frontier. Right, that this is uncharted territory, new land that that Wimby's kind of conquering, and that's really exciting. And I agree. I, I think that there's definitely a defensive, um, some defensive hardware in Wimby's future. I, I think uh, it's really hard to make any argument for him this season. As silly as it is to say, it, it always boils down to the obtuse nature of, well, you know, his team has 11 wins, right? And so it's it's mm-hmm. really hard to kind of outside of rookie of the year, which. I think you're allowed to apply extenuating circumstances to. You can't really do that with any other award. Um, he's a marvel. I mean, he's. I. I don't even know what the best element of his game is. I mean, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, you, you can make an argument that it is his defensive prowess, but it's really difficult to ignore how efficient he is on the offensive side of the floor as well. Maybe his three point shooting kind of weighs that down, um, and so you. You know, Even that, that recently the- has been on the uptick. Right. Even that he's shoot over the last several games. He's upwards of forty percent. So. I put it to you. Go if you want to encompass the, the entirety of the Spurs season. Go watch the first Why? eight minutes—not even eight minutes, five minutes—of the Laker game on Friday night because you'll get all the greatness that is Wimby, the block shots, the open court dribbles, the passing, the no looks, the bounces, the alley oops. You get it all in about four or five minutes. Everything that he is capable of bringing, and at the same time, you watch the other four. Keystone cops, I don't know what you want to call them, just stumble and bumble around. I am so sick of watching turnover after turnover. And Wimby's a problem with this, too. But I will allow that. Keldon got to sit and watch most of Utah on Sunday night. Keldon got the quick hook for things that occurred on Friday night and things that occurred uh, quickly again on Sunday. Kendrick Perkins was on uh, NBA Today. And I like Kendrick because um, there's no filter with Kendrick. If he doesn't like it, he tells you. Stephen A., Shannon, Molly, we could go play alongside Victor Wimbayamba and the Spurs and still have the same record. I mean, damn. If you look at this kid Sohan and what he's been doing out there on the floor, it's been an embarrassment, to be honest with you. And you can see the frustration all over Victor Wimbayamba's face. Uh, that is Kendrick Perkins on uh, the uh, Stephen A. The, uh, yesterday, I believe. Um, he's right. I don't know about the. I don't know about the anger and the frustration, but he's surrounded by what's that song? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. I guess. <laughs> Here I am, stuck in the middle again. I mean, it's a. It's one thing you know to be bad, but it's so. It's another thing to to put 
any human being in a situation where the only context they can apply is I mean, damn. I mean, you know, like, exactly. that's, I mean, like, damn. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing that you can say about this. And we've been saying this for a while now. I am not and have not really ever been mad at Jeremy. And I know you're a, a Blake stan at Chetty, mm-hmm. e- even at Devin, you know, after the New Orleans loss. I'm not mad at them. This isn't their fault. And But it's actually kind of – and I'll put Devin in his own special kind of area because he is emerging as a proper Robin uh, for, for the future, at least, you know, the immediate future. This is cruel. Like, it's actually mean to put all these players in this situation because it's – the disparity, the gap is so obvious. You know what I mean? It, it's so obvious that people like Kendrick Perkins who have to talk about this, you know, are, have to have to say this. You know, they have to speak these uncomfortable truths. I mean, you're setting this entire roster up to look like yahoos because that's what they are compared to Wemby. You know, and it's a really unfair position to put everybody involved in. And I will credit Wemby, as young as he is, for not having any kind of outburst because when I was that age, I was a lot more immature than he certainly seems to be. And I think a lot of people, you know, at that age would definitely be a lot more selfish about what they're experiencing. And maybe he is in his own circle. And if so, that's totally healthy and totally normal. But this is just such a disaster in the way it's all unfolded. I mean, no- nothing about this is is redeemable in my mind in terms of the process of how we got here. A couple things from the weekend. Um Devin Vassell can, is still on a tear. Devin's hitting shots. I mean, they he, yeah, well, he and and some of it very much is. But what they combined for the other night, it was like nearly fifty between the two. I mean that. that I think I think Devin had twenty seven and Wemby twenty two. So you're really close. yeah, right there. So that and that's kind of what we were chasing. But Devin, I I, I get that he is uh, he's under a lot of pressure to ensure that Wemby is the guy. And I can tell that he's trying to be that guy to make sure that when Wimby flashes and he's in the paint, that very first two passes of most of the plays they run where they try to see if they can get a quick pin down for Wimby. And Wimby will come down and flash the paint. Normally the ball will have swung. If there's nobody coming, the idea is to get him fast, get the ball to him fast. I forget. It's not floppy, but you, for those of you who really study the plays, there's an entry that they seem to do in a lot of plays. Just a real quick Wimby look. If he flashes and he's open, get him the ball. Devin normally is the in the, the the internal passer on that play and is always late. Always, always, always late. So they miss that first flash every time. He's even if he's open or not, Devin can't put his hands around it, can't find the entry. It's being defended. So then we're now we're having to throw two more passes to find somebody that's open or that is at least willing to take an adequate shot. And by that time, it'll dribble off Sohan's foot. Keldon will be, uh, well, Keldon's not even in there anymore. Um, Champagne will be standing over in the corner, and they'll go, like, well, you're the last option, Cat, so we'll wait on you. And then there's a turnover. So I'm done with everybody. Keldon, I think they're done with Keldon. Oh, uh, post so, game on Co- Sunday, Co- no pop, but uh, Mitch. Cooks Co- Co- is asking in the chat, in the brigade bar, for your thoughts, because you weren't here on Monday, on Keldon getting benched. After four minutes. Well, I I couldn't tell. I was watching the game with my fam, and I we all looked at each other. Is Keldon sick? Is he hurt? Well, post game, Pop wasn't speaking. I don't know if he didn't feel well or what, uh, but uh, Coach Johnson did. Just repetitive mistakes. 
sometimes you need to change up the messaging or change up the accountability or how you do things and pops the best at it so so uh kelton got ripped he got the hook he sat and watched Dude, and deserved geez. it no you're way off base here uh, maybe not way off base but you're mostly off base you're you have one you're like about to steal you know like that's how <laughs> how minuscule amount of your body's touching the base all right i acknowledge that Keldon was in the wrong, right? In a in a court of law, I'm fine with, you know, admonishing Keldon. But to act so high and mighty, like, oh, we're going to bench, we're going to yank you after four minutes and you're not going to see the floor the rest of the night. Get the hell out of here. Like, re- re- relax. Why? Come, dude, you got 11 wins. You're a joke. And now now you want to take things well, seriously. Well, at least now like, he's not, doing we, something. We, no, but we, we've been watching sloppy basketball all season long, and all of a sudden, on a random Sunday in Utah, enough was enough. You know what I mean? Like, if this had been who you were, if you were this militant-style team all throughout this entire season where somebody took one toe out of line and you came down on him and you yanked him and you pulled him or whatever, fine. At least you're being the same person from, you know, start to finish. But this came out of nowhere. I mean, and I don't necessarily mean Keldon's play. I, I, nobody's going to defend Keldon right now. That's That's separate from the point. But they use Keldon as a scapegoat or as an example to, to see, we'll do it. You, you go out, you piss us off. We'll totally pull you. I mean, like, well, who better? Just, I, I, it was such a joke. It's such a hollow thing. Like nobody take, nobody thinks like, you know, remember when you were growing up and somebody would get in trouble in your class and the teacher would be like, and, and and like the, your your the hair on your arms would stand up. You're like, oh god, right, here it goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm glad that's not me. You know what I mean? Nobody thought that. Nobody was like, oh no, holding <laughs> up. Oh man, I I I better I better straighten up. I I better run the secret plays that we installed after the All Star break because if not, I could totally get yanked and not be a part of our twelfth win here in the final week of February. There's really some serious repercussions that are going to fall all over me. Chill out. Come back to us. I mean, th- this was such a weakly arrogant thing to do as a franchise. I'm I'm of the better late than never. I bench them all, man. I I, well, I, mean, I no, don't want to win that's a what game. I'm saying like. Like being pissed off at Keldon Johnson isn't fair to Keldon. It's it's that's who you. This is your design. You know what I mean? Like you you can't you you can't like buy poor groceries and then be like this meal stinks that I prepared. That was your fault. Like you're the person who who did everything involved here. At least he's deciding to leave a one or two of the ingredients out periodically. And I do think a, a message was sent, and it might be who, way way overdue. Message. Hey, Keldon got benched, man. Um, he got fully yanked, and it was evident, it was apparent, and everybody knew it. Do you think anybody is even 1% more afraid of anything as a result of that? No. Well, I, I do think that Malachi Brenham is seeing an opportunity to get some, some minutes because as McBucket has gone, Malachi's gotten some more, and I will say – He's kind of playing himself out of the doghouse. And if he continues to play like that, then suddenly maybe he can eat into some of those Keldon minutes that we have to have. Did you see the dunk that Malachi had on LeBron the other night? Yowza, man. Uh, so I, I, I think there's some benefit, and I don't think Keldon would have been benched. But for Malachi playing a little bit better, and we – we know that uh, Blake, well, not that they're playing the same position, but some of these bench guys are playing better. On the other side of stuff, let's talk about who's not. Zach Collins. Holy smokes, dude. 
Bring your light shoes. It looked like he was running around in combat boots in Utah. That guy looked exhausted. Steel toes. Um, it's also, I mean, it's also pointless. You know what I mean? Like we're we're splitting hairs on Zach Collins and Keldon Johnson. I mean, how many of these dudes are going to be here next year? You know, and and I say that as respectfully as possible, right? You know, and and that's what's what we're at the point of frustration and in the middle of this rut that now we're just. You know, turning to anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> anybody within arm's reach is capable of being the fall guy for it all. And and we're just going to get mad at any single person that, that just even looks at us the wrong way or that we just feel an inkling of frustration towards. And so, okay, cool. You're right. He, he was slow. What what else? I mean, like, what, what else could – that really hurt. That really that, – that was the difference. You know what I mean? Well, like, well, you're right. It wasn't the difference. But he just really has seemed – as the season has gotten gone on, that his he frame, was your guy for a little while. his style does not match the kind of offense that Pop wants to run. He is not the guy. You might have been before Wimby got here, but it just doesn't. It feels like everything changes as soon as Zach comes in here, and it's not for lack of effort. I think he's trying. It's just the system ain't going to match up very well tonight. They they uh, head into Minneapolis uh, to take on what are they? 40, 40 and 17, the Timberwolves. They're tied for the best record in the West, and they have a score to settle based on the last time that we played them. Uh, yes, so, they do. That's the last time I remember good things happening uh, for the Spurs. Hey, but before I forget, those Utah Purple Unis the other night looked pretty wrong. good, didn't they? Uh, I told Joe this. Did you see Jeff McDonald's tweet about the name of the Wi-Fi at the? Uh, I think it's the Delta. It's, it is. Well, it was. I don't know what they call it now, but well, uh, uh, well but Jeff, Jeff's tweet said Delta. So I, mean, I don't might know still if, be if the Delta changed, Center. But, it used to be the Salt uh, Palace, now Delta Center. What is it? But do you know what the uh, the name of the Wi-Fi is there? Uh, Stockton sucks. What I don't know. It, it was. It's uh, Jordan pushed off. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was really, really funny. That's awesome. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so good for them. But you're right. The purple unis are sick. And I don't know why we ruin great uniforms and great logos. Uh, Ryan sent a, a tweet this morning, uh, biggest NBA team logo downgrades. Did you see the Clippers' new uniforms? You know, there's a whole, I read a great article uh, yesterday on the rebranding of the Clippers. Yeah, it was all about like what what even is a clipper and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. a ship, right? Yeah, was, yeah, uh, not, I know it's a ship, yep. but um, you know they started out in San Diego, and as Balmer's building a new building and you know bringing the Clippers into their own particular era there in Los Angeles, the rebranding of the Clippers. It's a very interesting story to read as they they as they pick out new logos and all the things that go into to building a team. The Timberwolves themselves have their own MVP candidate, and while you know he's kind of he doesn't have the you know, he's the old school dominant big guard, just going to go get buckets. 26 a game. He's shooting 47% from three, uh, or 37% for 38% from three, 40% from the field. Uh, Anthony Edwards is indeed everything that you're looking for in the modern big guard. Spurs have absolutely nothing like that. We got nothing that even begins to even compete with what Anthony Edwards does. But we do have a Rudy Gobert esque guy. That uh, Rudy's been hurt. I don't know if he's going to play tonight, but there is a little bit oh, of that yeah. you know, that French mentor mentee kind of stuff going on. 
Uh, I, I'm going to be interested to see what happens with Keldon. He only got four minutes the other night. We just talked about him getting yanked. And uh, uh, Coach Johnson postgame was a little really? upset with uh, uh, repeated efforts to get him to do something that he evidently did not. Um, I mean, what a joke. It'll be the fourth. It'll be the last time we see the Timberwolves this year. I mean, thank goodness the rodeo road trip is over. Not that, you know, we expected more, but I mean, one because they're not going to win tonight. But you, you agree? Well, we played well against them. They're you know, the, okay. I don't. Do there's go, nothing do that has shown me over the last couple of games that they can string together anything more than about four or five minutes of really good basketball. So no, I don't expect them to do it. But a lot of times with this is Minnesota. On a Tuesday night, this is the kind of game that uh, anybody who's been watching film on the Spurs ain't going to be coming in ready to just lay one down. You know they're not they're not scared of them by any stretch. So now you rely on the doldrums of February. The Spurs are the second biggest underdogs of the day across the NBA slate. The Hornets are fourteen and a half point favorites in Milwaukee. Um, meanwhile, the Spurs are thirteen point. I'm sorry, underdogs. Uh, the Spurs are thirteen point dogs. One, one of the great things about watching us live is you can talk to us directly whether you want to call us at 656-3776, 656-ESPN, or you can text us at that number. You can get on the scroll uh, at our YouTube feed. And Esteban Ramon types, should we have traded Keldon while his value was high? His value is no lower today than it was before he got benched. Keldon Johnson is exactly who Keldon Johnson is. And whether he gets benched or whether he gets moved around, it isn't. Film don't lie. And if he gets benched, we're suddenly not lessening his value. Everybody, every NBA GM understands that it takes a, a player and a coach and a team and the melding of all to everything to work out. And Keldon is exactly who Keldon was when he signed the extension. The problem is I think that's what Keldon was when he signed the extension. I think he is a, a happy guy to have completed a good run. I mean, his whole goal since he was a sophomore to sign in high school was to sign the second NBA deal, to go get – uh, the uh, tens of millions, and he's done it, and he's playing like it. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of pride in that, certainly. Oh, uh, success, but not Coug's for us. Coog's asked in the brigade bar, we've won more. You mentioned like you could ask questions or things yeah. like that. Uh, Coog said we've won more on the road than at home, right? Rob, I have the uh, I've tabulated beep, 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 uh, the numbers uh, of the Spurs' grand total of eleven wins this season. How many do you believe have occurred on the road? Four. That's your official guess? I thought it was less, but I must be wrong. I, I thought Consider it was Consider me Regis. Final answer? It is my final answer. Six. Six. Six of, six of the 11 wins have been on the road. Five times this season, this person won at home. That's just so sad. I mean, it's just, like, I knew that to be true, but it's just so sad. And it's so funny that when you see the, the legendary coaches sit down, there's a podcast uh, yesterday, Coach Popovich sat down with, with uh, Coach Shashevsky, it's called the By Aval Podcast. No, I don't know what the name of the podcast is, but um, Pop has had to completely recalibrate what he was saying at the beginning of the year to what he's saying now. Are two entire? This is what he was saying uh, last year without Wimby. Now we're back to it. Uh, listen to what Pop said about the process of getting Wimby up to NBA speed because. Like everybody else, he's never seen anything like this. We came to the conclusion that the process in the beginning would be no process. Mm-hmm. That we just watch him play and try to figure out what's his abilities and what's his natural positions on the floor where he feels most comfortable. And, you know, where does he need improvement? 
uh, Coach Pop yesterday patience, talking with Coach patience, cause, patience, 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 and and we preach patience. <laughs> but um, uh, do we think what after all these games do we know about Wimby? That you know, as Pop says, we're just going to watch him play, and we're going to figure out what he's really good at. Do we know that yet? Do you, do you have an idea? I mean, I'm not I being facetious. That, have you seen something? You go, you know what? We need to do more of this. I just, I mean, this is a generality, but I think the ball needs to be in his hands. Like the, you know what I mean? The ball, he, he, he this is again, this, this isn't like a, a something a learned thing but he he everything needs to flow through him which is why we were pissed when it wasn't you know earlier this mm-hmm. season and what a surprise that you know flowing through him makes things a lot better and, and more competitive and so i mean if if the if the purpose of the season and i am in no way trying to doubt pop and and i know that this <laughs> is one statement but if the purpose of the season was let's just let's let's watch him play basketball and see how good he is that kind of feels like a, a, a really ridiculous way to go about this. It is you know a what I mean? massive cop-out. Are you kidding me? Our process is no process. I got no plans. We're just going to go out and wing it. You know what? And on top of just having no plans, I'm going to go take a guy who's not good at anything particular in, in Jeremy Sohan and make him a point guard. Because Have you, we uh, found out last year he can't shoot, but he made up with it with his inability to figure out how to uh, dribble and get to the lane, get into the rim. So we're going to make him a point guard, and we'll see. You know, we're just going to watch things as they shake out. Did you watch the Barbie movie, Rom? I, I hate to say I have not seen the Barbie. Movie. It's really good, uh, but there's a, a point in the movie where Ken wants to go perform surgery, uh, <laughs> and in his in his Ken brain, he he says, "Well, just talk to whoever you need to." So let let me try, you know, and that's. It's kind of like I feel about what Pop said. Like, you know what? I let me just try some surgery. You know what I mean? Let, let me see what I'm good at. You know, maybe I'm a heart surgeon. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm a, a you know, maybe maybe I'm, I'm more of a teeth guy. You know what I mean? But let me just try some. Let me let me cut something up and sew some stitches and let me see what surgery I'm good at. That makes sense. That's the way we should go about it. Hey, coming back, let's talk some Dallas Cowboys. The uh, running back market is chock full of goodness. If you want to spend just a little bit of money for a little bit more than a draft pick, are the Cowboys doing things the right way? As Adam Schefter told us yesterday, it does not look like the Cowboys plan on franchising Tony Pollard again. A lot of money and a lot of running backs. Let's talk Cowboys as the... I was going to say it, I won't do it. As the Combine is beginning in earnest up in Indianapolis, the NFL's take center stage, and the Cowboys always have the spotlight on. We're coming back with them next. Uh, stay with us. This is the Morning Huddle, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Joe Reinigle here. Coming up on the Blitz, Victor Wimbanyama and the Spurs wrap up the rodeo road trip tonight. Let me ask you this question. We figure he's going to win Rookie of the Year, but is there a case to be made for Wimby winning Defensive Player of the Year? We'll talk about that. Plus, the NFL Combine is going on. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk will join us at 515 to talk all things Dallas Cowboys. Hey, RJ, did you miss our little cuddle this morning? Well, <laughs> it's the morning huddle here on 94.1. Joe, Joe's a great guy and uh good friend, and it was nice of him to stop by yesterday and, and cuddle up with us here on the morning huddle. And um, I will say, Rob, I'll let you know, he took some shots at Whataburger in his grievances, and that left a sour taste in my mouth. Well, so, in, you know, it's easier to take shots now than it used to be. We would, I'd take great umbrage, but 
That was a- kind of, of the, those the angry genesis letters of the point. That you yeah. write to Whataburger now go to Chicago instead of Corpus or here. So uh, they're not what they were. But who is? You know what I mean? Who really is at the end of the day? Nope. I'm, I'm just going to throw it out here. If the Cowboys do not sign a high-end running back or draft one in the first two rounds, I'm ready to fire the general manager. That seems like I'm... <laughs> I'm already ready to fire him. I'm just giving you another reason. Uh, I'll be. This is as I watch this running back crop unfurl, and I see Derrick Henry, and I see Saquon, and now I see Austin Eckler, and I know Jacobs is kind of out there. These are four backs that have proven over time that, given the opportunity, they will be successful. And I have no reason to doubt that any one of these four can rush for 1,500 yards and give you 8 to 10 touchdowns if given the opportunity. And you'd be crazy not to go spend the limited amount of money that you're going to have to spend to go get what is really 10, 5 years ago. These are $30 million guys. $30 million. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the highest paid echelon of this position. You have four of them floating around that you're going to get for about a third of what their value was just a couple of years ago. Okay, so Tony Pollard finished, and nothing is ever about one statistic. True. Tony Pollard finished the highest of all these rushers in terms of yardage on the ground last year. He barely uh, hit 1,000 yards, had 1,005. Um, Saquon had 962. Um, looking for your boy Austin Eckler, who you spoke incredibly passionately about. I'm a fan. Um, he finished with fewer rushing yards than Zeke Elliott last year. Now, granted, he only played in 14 games. Um, he is not necessarily a reliable player in that respect. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Let's see here. Where is Josh Jacobs? I've lost him uh, in the fold of all this. He. I'm sorry. I, I overlooked him. He finished with 805 rushing yards. Dude, uh, I mean, I'm like. There's just no reason to do this. <laughs> why? To... Explain to me why exactly we think that we can go draft or free agent our way out of the situation we found ourselves. I don't know that it's a situation, though. I think that that's a dramatic spin on this. I think that we dilute, we have diluted this conversation to say running backs don't matter. That's not a fair characterization. What is a fair characterization is, generally speaking, there are always exceptions to the rule, but generally speaking, running backs are not positions worth devoting serious resources or serious capital towards. If you look at, again, if we want to stick with this particular measurement, rushing yards last year, the exceptions to the rule, Christian McCaffrey had 1,459 rushing yards last season, the very, very clear exception. Derrick Henry had 1,167 rushing yards last year. He is 29 years old at the moment, so you're talking about now getting north of that proverbial right. hill. Outside of that, Kyron Williams, third, literally brand-new player in the NFL. James Cook, DeAndre Swift, his first season with the Eagles. James Conner, weirdly kind of an exception, um, has kind he of had a weird, one game. Weird, weird productive you know, uh, career. The point is that you can find, generally speaking, with average, you know, average capital players who can, I don't want to say suffice, but who can be very, very, very good. So if you want to go out and you want to draft a running back on even day two, you want to spend a second or third round pick that's a little rich for my blood, but still, you're, you're an early day three pick, although you don't have a fourth round pick because it was so important to trade for Trey Lance. But still, you want to draft somebody? Fine. You want to pair him with one of these veteran running backs? By all means, I'm good with that. But I am in no way interested in signing anybody like this and giving them the ball, I don't know, something like 250 times because it's just not going to work out. 
it's a it's a young man's game at the position that's an unfortunate reality and a result of the attrition of playing in the NFL. Um, and, and I'm not even opposed to that veteran, you know, compliment being Tony Pollard. I mean, because the the fact that all of these running backs are going to be on the market would suggest that, that market rate is going to be significantly lower than the franchise tag value. Yes. So if you, if you can get somebody for five million, a nice two year, five million a year uh, deal for one of these guys, by all means. But that's the cap as far as I'm what I'm willing to pay. I think if you have an opportunity to go get somebody who brings a skill set that is above and beyond the average, that is more than you could have even thought you could get before. And even though it might be a little bit more out of your budget than you expected, it is still a bargain. And I think when I look at Saquon, if you can get this kid in for $10 million, that franchise number, the number that you're used to spending already, if you can get it for $12 million. I, when, was I, the last, when was the last time you bought a TV? Uh, let's see. It's probably been about four years, five years, four or five years. So over the weekend, I went with my in-laws, um, to get my mother-in-law a smartwatch. She, she was in the market for a smartwatch. Mm-hmm. I actually texted you and asked yes. you about yours. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when we were there, we walked, I mean, how could you not walk past an 85 inch television? There were actually five different brands of 85 inch televisions. How many, how much do you think that they went, were going for 85 inch televisions? Uh, 800. You're very close. Yeah. You didn't go over, so you are eligible for the showcase. Eight hundred fifty dollars, yeah. and so that's kind of what running backs are. Like you're almost kind of yeah, like, but I you can this. get the four K <laughs> super refresh five hundred yada 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 in Saquon, or I can get the I can also get another eighty five that most of the time works. But when I start watching those movies, it gets a little jittery, it, and the, or if I start watching something with a few flashes, the refresh it won't keep up. Most of the time it's good, but when I really want it, when I've really invested the money for the 85 big time, and I'm watching Tom Cruise jump his motorcycle off into the abyss, and I get a little bit of the, the little bit of the vibrate, that's the difference between Saquon and Pollard. And I would rather spend a little bit more money so when the big time events, the playoff games, the things that matter, I don't get the, I get the straight up feed. And I think if you have the chance to go get a Barkley, and he's the only one I'm putting in this category. I don't say the same about Derek. I don't say the same about Eckler. Jacobs is close. But the guy that I look at and go, he's a difference maker. Given the opportunity, he could provide me two or three games of McCaffrey stuff. And if maybe three of those carries means touchdowns that I hadn't gotten before, and that might mean two other wins, it's worth it to me. I say you're crazy if you let somebody else and go get a down market Saquon. Even if it's more than your budget said, it's still far less than what he's worth. I think I agree with John Dyer in the Brigade Bar. It says Rob knocked this TV analogy out of the park. That's what I like a you know like a a dad setting up the little kid taking T ball swings. I just lobbed it up, Rob, and you just. Um, I agree with the the thought. I just there's nobody I'm willing to stand for that much. Like if if you you know because I I think that that logic holds true. If there is a you know exceptional talent on the board, if you're if there is, truly is somebody you say I am willing to pay you know, above the surplus value mm-hmm. because there is a surplus of stock and they're all going for this price. But I'm willing, instead of the 850, I'm willing to pay a grand because I believe that 
It's worth that tiny extra difference for that moment, for that Tom Cruise movie. I just don't feel like Saquon is that guy. And like He's close. And you're right. And why the, is that? Let, let's, go, let's address that. Why? Because that guy three years ago, holy cow. You know, that well, guy. Three, three years ago, he was brand new. And that's the reality of this. I mean, not even three years ago. At that point, you know, there was... A, he he had that phenomenal rookie season, then he got hurt, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Different, you know, this, that, or the other. And so it just has never really worked. And the position is so dependent on so many other circumstances. So you're right. If there were somebody out there, I, I'm I'm with you. You know what? You're right. Let's let's just pay a little bit more right now, and we will be very happy when we watch the select things that we want to have that quality for. But the the parts involved here are really interchangeable in my mind. That's why I'm like you know what? All five brands are 850. Pick one. You know what I mean? Pick, pick the one you like yeah. the most and, and we're good. So, and, and that's, that's what this is ultimately going to come down to. I'm not saying don't sign anybody on the open market in free agency, but it's probably going to be one of these guys. And if you want to pair them with somebody else, you know what I mean? To, to go with it. Like I said, you want to get a brand new player in the draft and, and have yourself a nice little committee. Great. Let's do that. That's the right way to go about this. But you do not want to be paying serious money because you're just coming off of paying Tony Pollard $11 million for the franchise tag. And this presents, back to the TV analogy, you mentioned it was about four years ago. You're not quite in line for a new TV yet, but there's nothing like when you are in line for a new oh. thing. And it's a, it's a refresh. The, the Cowboys are about to refresh their running back room for the first time in almost a decade. And I know that sounds like a dramatic way to put it, but <laughs> it's the truth. A year ago, they said goodbye to Zeke Elliott, obviously, but they had Tony Pollard in tow. Tony Pollard had been there at that time for, what, three years, four years? And so it was when they drafted Zeke. And and that was the worst possible way. And Zeke was a wonderful player for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. but they spent the most premium draft as- asset that they've had in forever on the most devalued position relative to, you know, evaluation from a, a, a an asset perspective. And so... The last time they went at this and they were like, you know what, let's kind of gather a hodgepodge of running backs and put it together that way, was nine years ago in 2015 when they had let DeMarco Murray walk in free agency to the Philadelphia Eagles. They had Joseph Randall, who was entering his third season in the NFL at that point, and they signed Darren McFadden. So they had the young guy, and they brought in Darren McFadden. And McFadden had him a year. Well, Joseph Randall couldn't couldn't hang, well, and uh, you know there's a lot to that. Yeah. And so then then McFadden was able to you know absorb the lion's share of the of the carries, and he turned in a thousand yards. Yeah, he season. had him a year. And so, but so that's what I'm saying. Like Darren McFadden was an awesome TV. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he was a great TV. So it wasn't. It wouldn't have been worth paying. You know the extra money then. And that's not to say every situation is apples and apples and apples, but. In this particular instance, because of the surplus of players who are available, I think you're fine just kind of spinning the wheel with whatever brand you want, as long as they're all the same price. Now, I do take some solace in an interview that we had, you and I. Uh, he gave you a pillow. I didn't get anything. When Pollard That's sat true. down with us at the Super Bowl. And he uh, said he didn't feel right until Carolina. So what? if that is in fact true, and, and the powers that be know what a fully functioning Tully Pollard is, and quite frankly, it's been a minute since we saw it, Maybe if he comes in and if Pollard said, I'll take exactly what I took last year. Oh, bye. Bye. If he <laughs> said, I'll not. take $8 million. Bye. That's so much, even man. at eight, it's too much. Okay. So I, I wanted to get where you are. So I there's mean, no way Pollard may, comes maybe back. Maybe I could be coerced into a one-year $8 million deal. You want to come back for $8 million, Tony? 
Okay, we're get, we're kind of getting the band back together anyway. Let's you you could be the um the violinist in the yellow card. You know what I mean? We need that. We've already got the guitar and the bass and the drummer and everything, but we need the violinist. I I watched enough of Texas football to know that Brooks can play. The the they what's his name? Jonathan Brooks, uh, who's listed as the uh, number oh. one running back in the draft by a lot of different services. There's a lot of people who like Blake Corum from Michigan. And Trey because, Benson, Blake you know, Corum, right, right. Bucky Irving out of Oregon, which I like a little bit as well. Uh, that esteemed guy out of Notre Dame. I'm seeing four or five guys, depending on the type of back you like, kind of rotate through. Um, I don't know. If Atlanta drafts him, he's probably pretty good. They seem to keep finding running backs. They've got four or five. So That's, that's what I'm saying. Spin two wheels here. Spin, spin the draft wheel, spin the veteran free agent wheel, and... I just let it land on any one of these. I just if, if it, it the premise to me is if you have the opportunity to maybe pay a little bit more than you wanted to at the position, but you get a running back the ilk of Saquon, or maybe you're chasing it ain't that kind of back that I want, but I do want the comfort of knowing if I'm within five yard line, five yards, I got the built in tush push that is Derrick Henry. Maybe that's all we're looking for here is the guaranteed yard. That Philly you had the entire season of knowing that they were playing three a four down football. Uh, maybe that's enough. And Derek might be that whether he gets a thousand or not. But I know he's going to give me three every time I hand him the ball. That might be enough, um, depending on where this offense is going. But I just the market is down, and, and if you don't take advantage of down markets, it's very difficult to make money at all. You have to make it money. You have to make your money when other people are losing theirs. What you is your uh, your expression? Um about the blood, um, about property, uh, remind me, like, buy, when buy there's when blood there's... on the, st- yeah. uh, on the streets, buy the land around it. That's kind of what this is. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But th- there's so many of these guys. And, and again, they're all relatively interchangeable. Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler. You know what I mean? If any one of these dudes winds up a cowboy for six to $8 million, contingent upon some context, mm-hmm. even $8 million feels a bit rich. Um, it's a win. Especially if you are pairing them with a young up-and-comer that you've drafted, whatever. Um, because I don't think the Deuce Vaughn thing was fun for like 15 minutes. Oh, and man, you know, <laughs> It was interesting. And, yeah, and uh, you know, it's kind of over now. But you need that that kind of plan for the future. So like when, one- I, when I described to my kids, I'm sorry to interrupt, when I talk about Cowboys lore with my boys, and they're like, well, there was a kind when the Cowboys had this quarterback named Quincy Carter. And they go, who, what? There was a time when the Cowboys rolled out a starting running back that was five three. Who? What? <laughs> he had a yes. he had a Roku documentary yes. all about him he, and his journey. He, he was five three. That that story was so much fun, and if we we were just kind of trapped in that moment, you know what I mean, for like <laughs> <We were> three <laughs> months. <laughs> and That's how um, sunk. And uh, and it was really it was like his dad. This guy works can, for the team, and he's good. Uh, yeah, uh, this is going to be awesome. Um. Yeah, and so, again, draft a player, sign a veteran running back, and that's great. But you've got to be smart about it. And, and the market allows you to be kind of kind of picky because there are, there are a lot of dudes, <laughs> and they all know that, and they're probably going to wait it out. It's smart for them to wait for the right situation because if they can't get mm-hmm. the bag, at the very least they can put themselves on teams that are going to have success. Consider that Dalvin Cook waited until training camp last year to sign with the Jets. And granted, that didn't work out, but... Obviously, it didn't for reasons that he couldn't have foreseen. I've been, I've watched this league long enough. I'll tell you this: somebody going to jump out and overpay one of these guys. 
because they want to be first and they want to guarantee. Some, there's well, going to be a team that's going to jump out. And while we say overpay, they see the market just like I do. So you're, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next, like Saquon signs in the next month, if in fact released and all that, for like 12 and a half for that, three or four years. Somebody going to jump in, and then the next back will go for eight because everybody else is going to go, well, if that's the rest, I'm staying away. And then we'll those see. Those are the, teams that are, are in positions to spin mm-hmm. because, like, uh, like Pledge did a, a great video for our social channels talking about how. You know, like most people, he wouldn't advocate for spending running backs. But you look at the position the Texans are in. They're right. ripe with cash. You no know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, like go go now. Like, I, I think as another example, this is somewhat related. It's more of a tangent. But I think the Indianapolis Colts should consider placing the franchise tag on Michael Pittman Jr. And I don't think that Michael Pittman Jr. is that good. But, but. they have the cash to burn because they have Anthony Richardson on a, on a rookie contract. You have to soup things up. When your quarterback is cheap, because at a certain point, your quarterback's going to make something like $60 million, and then it gets a lot more difficult. And so teams like that are just in different, more unique circumstances. And hopefully, from a financial perspective, players like Saquon or whoever are able to benefit from that and take advantage of that. Hey, coming up, excuse me, uh, Russell Wilson is about to burn the Broncos down. It's getting ugly in the Rocky Mountain City. We'll talk about what's going on and how this affects the rest of the league because this is a quarterback that you could get for league minimum. Yeah, we're going to talk about how that works coming up next as Russell and Sean Payton are going at it. It's like Yellowstone in the NFL. We're talking about it next. This is the Morning Huddle, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Tonight at 545, it's college basketball, Wisconsin and Indiana. On your home for March Madness, 94-1, San Antonio Sports Star. We are San Antonio Sports Star, and we are above and beyond that. The Morning Huddle, RJ and Rob with you. Thanks for joining us Tuesday, uh, hump day edition tomorrow. This week's flying by. The uh, the world is well. The NFL world's gathering in Indianapolis the, today. Media day, lots of stuff going on peripheral, but the guys aren't going to start running around uh, until tomorrow. Um, as that goes on, this is such an interesting story coming out of Denver because you know it was fun to it's funny to watch as Sean Payton got there and the the combo of Payton and uh, Russell Wilson could uh, this style of quarterback, an older established guy and Sean Payton get along didn't work out at all. There's a team out there that's going to get a Russell Wilson to be their starting quarterback and only have to pay him about $10, $12, 13000000 million. That's going to happen. Yeah, so Russell's money um, with the Broncos is guaranteed for 2024. And the way this element of contracts works in the NFL is any team that signs Russ, pick a team, let's call it the, the Falcons. As the Falcons pay Russell more, that diminishes what the Broncos have to pay him uh, because Russ is, is guaranteed that money. You know, it, it prevents mm-hmm. him from double dipping, if that makes sense, unless the Falcons decide to pay him you know, even, even more, more than, he, than he's on the books for. With so the you said Falcons. Right. That's just a, an example, you know, making the Falcons up as a hypothetical team for Russell. Um, and so it would behoove Russell in this hypothetical to say, hey, Falcons, I'm joining you. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. I'll take the least amount of money possible from you so we can use the, the cap space to, to surround me with talent because I'm making this money anyway. Let's let the Broncos foot the bill, and let's not have to worry about it ourselves here in 2024. That's if the Broncos do indeed release Russell. They have to release him. That's but why it does appear thought, they're headed that way. Well, there's thought that you know they would 
agree to a, a trade mm-hmm. of him, you know, with you know, considering his approval. But why, if you're Russell, why would you do that? Right. I mean, it would it would help the Broncos and it would hurt your new team. Um, and he has a no trade clause, so he would have to veto that if if things did go that way. He w- he would literally be doing that out of the kindness of his heart. Let me ask you a question: Could this be as big a move as it would have been last year if Aaron Rodgers would have been healthy? Can we have the same kind of? If Russell arrives someplace, can they immediately start saying Super Bowl possible? Is he past I that? Think, I think you can you can consider yourself a playoff team potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's worth wondering. Look, everything associated with the Broncos lately has been so bad that it's it's fair to say it wasn't all Russ. And so buy low. You know what I mean? Especially if you don't have to pay a lot of money, buy low in the here and now. And you never know. I mean, like <laughs> you, you, it's and it's going to be if you're the Falcons or the Raiders, it's going to be better than what you have going on. So. Why not? Let's get weird. I think it's going to get weird, at least in Denver, as the fire has begun. Hey, on the other side of this phenomenal break with wonderful sponsors, we're talking Spurs. Can they break the schneid on the rodeo road trip? That's next. 24. How good do you want to be? From play one to the last play, we fight. Today's about opportunity and character. We got a chance to come out here and play football. It's a blessing. Hey, every season is full of defining moments. Let's make this day a defining moment for us in our quest. Let's go, baby. This is the Morning Huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. With Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Now. Here are the guys. Here we are. It is the morning huddle. That's RJ Ochoa. I'm Rob Thompson. Please watch us live. We combed our hair and everything for you. How do you do that? You can go to our YouTube channel. That's easy. Uh, we are San Antonio Sports Star. This is the morning huddle. Make sure you are subscribed appropriately. Uh, be a, be a noty. Uh, put a thumb on it. Do all the stuff that are appropriate for you to do. And while you're there, if you haven't signed up to play golf, you better go ahead and do it. We're playing on March the 25th. It'll be at the Golf Club of Texas. Uh, it should be a good time had by all. If you're watching the screen, you see all the stuff on there. We want to thank the good folks over at Flight by Yingling for helping us get things going. Hey, we're running out of time, and you're running out of space. We're under uh, what, five teams. I don't know what it is, um, but I can tell you this. We will be sold out. We always are. Uh, go to sasportstar.com for all the deets. If you're watching us live, you can uh, use your QR code scanner, and it'll just pop right there if you use your, your scanner thing, which is... One of those things I'm greatly appreciative of. I, I, for a while, I wasn't happy with the QR code in the modern world, how we had to use it everywhere we went. But now, I'm kind of down with it. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I want to have my own personal QR uh, code tattooed on my arm. So when we, uh, meet, we meet each other, you just like, you know, pop, there's scan it. That is literally possible. Like we could, we I've could seen people with it. it. It could like open your social profiles. Yeah. And- you know, your email. It's like, hey, you know, it's your contact information. It's kind of like, you know, you, when dogs meet each other, they sniff each other's butts. Now you can just like, just, you know, just, it's the equivalent of sniffing a dog's butt. I that's didn't think we'd go there, but that's where great we, way to that, put it. That's finally how we got here. Uh, good morning, 1991 Freedom Ride. I don't know what that is, but we are glad you're with us. He forgot his cell phone, so he's watching us on YouTube. Hey, <laughs> you lucky devil. RJ took a shower for you. I'm not a morning shower because I clean myself at night. Um, I'm not one of these. No, RJ like is the cleanest human being you're ever going to be around. You, no worry on, no bugs on him. None. I mean, no, there's, you, know. you are a cleanly type. I, on the other hand, go to bed with my daily dirt. That's disgusting. I, I do, and I take great pride in it. 
Good for you, Rob. Spurs have been on the road for quite some time. Only uh, the long rodeo road trip, only broken up by that brief sojourn up to Indianapolis, the center of the sporting universe, evidently, as the NFL has uh, taken up those hotel rooms that the NBA had just so recently ago. Um, They're going to close down this rodeo road trip, and it has been utterly unfulfilling. It has uh, been uh, just a further exhibition of, and more and more obvious, uh, where the Spurs are. But uh, as bad as a lot of the guys have looked, and you know some have improved, Wimby, on the other hand, has been astounding. The 5x5 five five is now going to be a regular thing. That's five boxes with five or more of each stat. Uh, uh, that is one of those things that only happens like every six or seven years. Wimby's going to do it every night. The 5x5 five five is coming. Uh, rookie of the year, put it, it's done. Go ahead and grade the trophy. And it's now time to start talking about defensive player of the year. I don't know that he's eligible for it, not, not in a literal sense, but I don't know that I could see it happening this year for Wimby, but it's definitely in his future. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think he's among the best defensive players in the NFL, but when it comes to things like this, you have to play the game, right? And, and Wimby's not in a position to win defensive player of the year, even if you think he really is you know, defensive player of the year. It's just... I, I, I say that, and you're right. But I can tell you this. There are three instances in every game where NBA players who have taken 20,000 shots, who have played all over the world against the very best their entire lives, Wimby does something, blocks a shot from eight feet away, and you can see them with giant eyes. Did you? Where did he come from? It happened on Friday night with Austin Reeves. He thought he had a little scoop layup, and Wimby came from, I don't know, out of the Raptors and pinned it against the glass. Ain't nobody doing that. And I think if in their heart of hearts, if it was a uh, a secret ballot to the truest, where guy everybody voted and no one would ever know who you voted for, anybody who's played Wimby would probably say he's the defensive guy that is, if not the most likely to embarrass you. And if that's the guy, he's your defensive player of the year. He's the deep boy. He's inordinately special. I mean, there's just nothing, you know about him that runs contrary or counter to that. And is his, is his defense his greatest weapon? Uh, it is today. The, the, his right threat of blocking a shot anywhere from the free throw line down in the mini box, four feet outside the free throw box, either direction, short corners all the way up, is we haven't seen anything like this since Manute Bowl. When he was getting, you know, six or seven blocks way back when he showed up. I mean, he's doing things that players, NBA players, don't even expect. Even they're already afraid of him. They've seen him warming up. They know he's huge. But even after that, they try things and go, whoa. I mean, count the number of corner threes that are just destroyed by Wimby. And he's not putting his hand on the ball, but they're. The, the, the corner three is one of those things that Wimby is taken away from other teams. You just don't get it when we're playing the kind of defense that they want him to play because they're funneling to the corner. He puts those two hands up, man. You can't even – you got the ball has to tuck, touch the jumbotron to get to the rim. Shooting through a windmill uh, type thing. I remember yes. kind of peak J.J. Watt, you know, the middle of his defensive player of the year runs. Um, I remember reading a story about how – coaches when they would prepare for him they would have like tennis rackets at the line of scrimmage they were just like throwing up you know what i mean trying to get different quarterbacks to pass through he's i mean 
it's it's strange because there we have so many ways to quantify things nowadays, right? Like there's so much information, there's so many statistics, there's so many data points and and objective, measurable kind of markers of success and this, that, and the other. But to your point, things like that you can't measure. Like there, there are so many intangible things that Wemby offers and inhibits in a given game that we just actually cannot understand the true value of. Um, and that's where I think you certainly can make an argument for him for things like defensive player of the year because he is, I mean, people people break down things like that in their most literal sense, right? Like you can make an argument that nobody plays more stifling defense than he does on a minute-by-minute basis based on everything that he kind of prohibits. I mean, he, he is a human force field at, at this point in time. I mean, there's there's nothing... You know, there's nothing he can't do. There's nobody he can't guard in some way, shape, or form. Uh, coach K, you remember him, right? The guy from Duke? No. The all-time uh-huh. winningest coach. They gave him a puppy, right? Yeah, he got a puppy and a, a, a gold watch and said, go away. I'm tired of you over here. Uh, he, you know, he was looking for another job, and now he's got a podcast. Seems wow. pretty common, right? Everybody uh, has a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he actually has a pretty good producer, got a good guest. Uh he got Coach Pop to sit in with him, and that's a brain trust that not only could buy a vowel, but could probably coach a few basketball games. And Coach K asked Pop about Wimby and his thoughts, and uh, he didn't say anything new, but I think it's time to adjust our thought process on uh, Mr. Wimby. This is Pop. You know, we found, like, well, playing in a crowd, like most young guys, don't play in a crowd because you're trying to do too much. So little things like that would start to pop up where we knew we could help here and there to complete his game, so to speak. But in the beginning, it was all, you know, patience and watching. Uh, Coach Pop has said more than once, he had no idea what he was getting. He knew it was special. So why not let this play out and use this season like it's a long practice? Let's just go see what he can do well, and then we will start to form our opinions and our team after that. Well, uh, what are we at now? Uh, 50-some-odd games? What are we at? 11 and 40-something? Um I think we have a pretty good idea what Wimby's good at. Can we, can we, if we listed the best thing that Wimby does offensively, the best thing he does is defensive blocking shots. There's no question about it. But if you said, okay, on offense, this is Victor. Do we have an answer yet? I mean, he is the epicenter. He is the new, I mean, everything has to flow through him. I mean, if, if the ball's in Wimby's hands in the paint, it's over. You know what I mean? Like that's, I, I don't. There's not a way to describe that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's, there's not like he's, it's just he's, he's, his reach and length is so vast that it's impossible. I mean, it, it's, a, you know, you hesitate to say things like it's a guaranteed bucket and things like that. But that's what he's great at. He's, he's great at the at, at, at minimizing the margins on the guarantees, right? Like at actually making the guaranteed things guaranteeable, if that makes sense. Uh, and I think you've hit it on the head. But we really haven't. We don't have the Kareem Skyhook. We don't have the the thing. We don't have the thing. Well, no. Thing. Eventually, every NBA player. I don't know how. I don't care how good you are. Has to have a thing. The best ones have three things. But every NBA player needs a thing. Um, his thing right now is Pop hit it on the head. We all know it. And he's so good that he comes sometimes gets himself into crowds he doesn't need to be in. He needs to learn to uh, uh, move the crowd, not have the crowd move to him. Um, and that's that's just going to come with time, especially with a guy who's capable of dribbling into trouble. We've never had a big guy that's capable of dribbling into trouble. He couldn't even dribble. 
Now this guy can take the ball at the, off the rim and dribble himself directly into problems, which, you know, for the first four dribbles is pretty cool. For, well, actually, first two dribbles. And then we start to see those problems. That's not where he's best at. But we do know that we are seeing the, the initial dividends are kick his shoot. Over the last couple of weeks, that three is starting to fall, and it looks very effortless. So you can see that part of his game is starting to grow, and I think they're going to be utilizing that more and more as the season goes. Uh, some tough news around the rest of the league. We saw Trey Young hurt his finger. Going to be out for four weeks. Um, the, the Hawks get are tanking. Get it's ready over. for next season. Yeah, get ready for next season, Trey. We'll see you, we'll see you in the summer. Uh, now, we're not, for we're not there yet. Uh, there's a 65-game minimum, and I know that the, the, the Spurs have probably got the number of minutes that Wimby is going to play already mapped out all the way through the season, barring you know a sniffle here or a, a sore ankle here. I think they have a very good idea. Even now, the games he's going to be playing in in April, I think I know. How, yeah, long do you, how long do you take this? 65 played games, and we'll call it a day? Do you take it any longer than that? I think it's up to him. You know what should I mean? it be? Like it, yeah. At this point, it to, it should totally be up to him. I think it's up to him, and you kind of – that's the whole point of this. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that what Pop said? You know, hey, we're going to let him see. You know, we're going we're gonna to watch him play basketball and just kind of well, learn, the reason learn I bring, his favorite – No, I think you're, you're right. The reason I bring this up is it's an Olympics, Olympic summer. He's going to have a lot of work this summer. He's playing for that French team. So if you know that this summer is going to be full of work. Now, we've been here before. We're used to Manu going here and Tony going right. there and, 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 and Tim going there. Uh, we've also seen that after a couple of years, this gets really tiresome, and it starts to pull tread off the tire. We saw it happen. Uh, we've seen it happen with other superstars. If you know it's coming, and we know that the bare minimum is 65, and I put it to you, if he stopped playing right now, today he's rookie of the year, and he's probably number three in defensive player of the year. Right now, he's already got it. He's already got the awards that are appropriate for everything else. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be a proponent of, as soon as we get the minimum games played, I, I want to wave goodbye. There's no, oh, wow. there no, there's no benefit after that. If, if this season has all been about, let's just see what he's good at. He's got 52 games in. 13 games left. I'm not opposed to that. Like, I, I don't have a passion to take on it. You know what I mean? Because I don't think there's a we're, – we're, there's not a wrong answer because we're already in the mm -hmm. wrong answer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're, we're already in the rabbit hole. So if you're like, oh, well, I'm going to burrow this direction. I'm, okay. <laughs> now, my question <laughs> – yeah. What, I mean pick, – pick, pick any spot of the 360 degrees that we have to work with here. That's just kind of how I feel about so, it. So game 66, he's got everything under his belt. He's averaging five by five. He's doing everything. And uh, we get the word that he is now suffering from an incurable case of plantar fasciitis that only <laughs> that only a, a winter or a summer in the south of France can cure. Um, would like you be most mad? things. Would, <laughs> it would certainly cure a couple of my ails. What, what, would you be mad? Would we be like, what a wasted, crappy year? What are you talking about? Or would we go, thank you. I, this has not been good for anybody. Let's wrap this dude in bubble wrap. And let's send him off to France to go do what he got to do. And now, and we'll come back next year rejuvenated. Or does he owe it to us? Do the Spurs owe it to us as their fandom? Hell, I just spent season ticket money, and now you're asking for 25% more. Yeah, I'm talking about that, Spurs. You upped your season ticket rate 25% across the board? Are you guys nuts? That's fair. Well, they're going to get it.
They're going to get it's, it. I, it's fair to ask for that, obviously. But it, it, it's, it, I, I really don't care. As a Spurs fan, my priority is what does Wemby want? If Wemby wants to play, great. I, tr- I trust him. I trust, you know, everything around that. You got to play basketball. You can't be completely and totally afraid. If Wemby says, you know what, I trust y'all. Let's just, you know, let's punt on the rest of this godforsaken season. Let's get, you know, through the summer. Let's get Trey Young in tow, and we'll go at this in a real and adult way next year because we didn't do that this year. Um, I'm good with either. I, I really am. I'm, I'm equally good with either. Again, we're in the rabbit hole, Rob. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right now, we're at we're at the dump. We're the Toy Story toys that have been dumped here, and you're like, I think I'm going to make this pile of trash my bed. Okay, that's fine. I'm th- Pick pick a pile. <laughs> like they're they're all trash. You know what I mean? Like we we're gonna sleep on one one way. It's it's six in one half, half a dozen in the other. It's all trash. We're surrounded by trash. I can tell you this: if you're relying on the decision making of a twenty year old to further your outcome and make it, and you're comfortable that's that it's going to be the right that's decision, the, that's the most. We're at a place where that's the most logical recourse. Having that, been, re- we really are here. Having been twenty and a man, and having raised two others. <laughs> Very rarely is a wise decision made by a 20-year-old. Even if he thinks it's and it's considered and well thought out, uh, they have no idea what well thought out is. We do because that's what we do on a regular basis. We call it the morning huddle because we exchange ideas and we tell you the way to go. And we got NFL t- talk coming. Tony Pollard in specific, running backs in general. Cowboy fan, tune in. Running backs are front and center. And if Tony Pollard were to leave the Cowboys, would the Texans be a nice place to land? We're looking around the league. Hang here. This is 94.1 here on San Antonio Sports Star. Tonight at 5.45, it's college basketball, Wisconsin and Indiana. On your home for March Madness, 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. It's San Antonio Sports Star here on 94.1, San Antonio. Hey, uh, RJ, did you see the, uh, the open field tackle from uh, Dante DiVincenzo last night? NBA, sorry. I did. They're, they're sorry. They missed it. <laughs> okay. I just want to let you know you that feel they, they they feel they feel bad. Um, okay. I mean, oh, we're going to talk some NFL, but uh, I, <laughs> as we went to break, I, I saw another highlight of the uh, the crowd rushing the court uh, in the Duke game last night uh, or day before yesterday. And uh, yeah, what's his name? You didn't, you didn't offer your you weren't here Monday, so um, are you pro? Or anti court storming? <laughs> well, obviously anti. Um, obviously, we saw Filipowski almost get taken out. Uh, we saw Caitlin almost uh, get taken out on a couple of them. It, it's silly because, come on, kids. Not every everything isn't a world championship. Yeah, you want a big game, but adjust also, adjust appropriately, man. Act like you've been here. Before. I believe Wake Forest was favored in the game. Yeah, it wasn't even an upset. They just beat Disney. Here's what I'll say. You're not going to be able to stop rushing the court. I mean. You're not. I mean, unless we're going to start playing in soccer stadiums that's surrounded by, you know, chain link fence where the court is literally surrounded by chicken wire. Um, Something I was thinking along these lines, there was, I don't think they were a streaker, but there was somebody on the field at the Super Bowl. Yeah, the guy bet. Did you hear the story behind that? Yeah, but my point is, okay, so the Super Bowl yeah. is a much more closely guarded and secure thing 
than a random weekend Wake Forest game against Duke. And, and, and a bunch so, of, for lack of a better term, and I do not mean to demean, you know, demean the job, but but for lack of a bunch of rent a cops, a lack of a bunch of, you know, wind windbreaker security types, um, to stop five thousand people from coming over the edge, they're coming. You ain't gonna stop them unless you physically build barriers. But what you can do is ensure that there's enough professionally trained security types just protect the players get the players off the court and after that i don't care you can rip the rim down and carry them out but you can it's possible trust me that when the game is over you know when it feels like they're coming that you get those guys we see a million buzzer beaters that happen you know in a span of seconds you know what i mean like you can't in, in the sport of basketball you can't possibly know every time this is going to happen. Oh, you get I mean, a I'm, sense. You know when it's going to be an upset no, and the crowd's well, good. But again, you, it's, a, it's up to the, the the host team to make sure you got enough security just to get the team off the court. That's that's really I, all that matters. And that can be done. That can be a big dude for every player or bear-hugging them the and getting them out. rushing is proof that it's difficult to right. – if the players can't even get off the court in time, what makes you think that some, uh, some security could get to the players? I think it can and, be and done. So, and how many players? So you've got ten players on the floor. So you're how many security guards are you sending one out? Guy one on the for court. each one. I, I think so. And it's a nominal. I think if it's one of two things, but it's I, a, you're protecting so, okay. 360 degrees around. Right. What if it's, so what, what, what's you know, the answer? Because I don't think you. I mean, uh, fine. I'm not. I don't have I, an answer to be clear. But I, I think these are bad ones. I mean, well, okay. Well, the answers. If you want to get it to stop, and I promise we're going to talk some football. Um, the answers are either we let it go us and just. Keep our fingers crossed. Hope nothing happens. There's that, and that's kind of where we've been. And then there is a strategy. A a total. If you rush the court, you lose the game. Mm -hmm. Which you know, then I'd start sending my guys to rush a lot of courts and have the other guys lose the game. But I mean, I have court rushers. So I mean, so you really can't go that route. Then there's the fine. Did you know the ACC, as we sit right now, doesn't even fine the host school if you allow that to happen. But, you know, the fines, do I really want the fines? You know, that could be coming out of a fund that could, you know, feed a hungry kid or, you know, put another desk in a classroom. I don't really want that. So if I'm going to fix it without any detriment really to anybody involved, I got to spend some more money on security. And that's a nominal thing to do because you're not going to stop it. You're not. I think my prediction, not my suggestion. Uh, and Frank Poteo touched on this in the Brigade Bar. Uh-huh. My prediction is that we start getting a nationwide message over the PA, you know, system in what can feel what feels like might be the last timeout, the final timeout, a timeout with around two minutes, maybe a minute left in the game, especially a tight, contentious one. Uh, a reminder to all of <laughs> our fans and patrons to please allow. Time for the players and personnel to That'll leave work. the court and arena. A reminder. You know, like, I think we're on the verge of that. And that way, you know this better than I do. From a legal standpoint, they're good. They're protected. You know what I mean? And I it's like, so. if anything happens, well, they offered their, their degree. They, they asked nicely. I don't think that's enough. I don't think it's enough either, but I think that's what—that's my prediction. It's a very strange circumstance to find because you're aggravated that your fans are too excited. So you don't want to, you know, you don't want to cause anything to lessen the excitement of college basketball, but you don't need to rush the court when you're favored and you win at home. That that there's really no reason to do that ever. And but I see the problem with that is that's a mentality that you're not going to change. These guys are already doing it. Have you ever rushed the field or a court? 
Yeah, well, because when you do it, it's not like n- nobody is is contextualizing it in their brains and saying, "Oh, we we won as a home favorite." You know what I mean? They're just saying, "I want to be able to say that in my time at school, we rushed the court after we beat Duke." Well, you know have you, I mean? have like you ever done it? Have everybody, you ever, ever ran? Yeah, but everybody, but everybody's chasing the memory. Like it's it's it's, right. it's a it's, it's a selfish narcissistic thing. So. You no, know, you're not going to get any. Like, even you can't say like, "Oh, you can only rush to court if it's an upset or blah blah blah." People, people want to be a part of that memory themselves, even though it's it's not real. I mean, if you upset it's the number them. one team in the country and you haven't won a game, uh, then I think everybody can kind of go, "I get it." When when you're Wake Forest or whoever that was running onto the court after winning a game that you were favored to win at home, uh, your priorities are way out of whack, and there's no fixing that. You're not going to be if that's where think, we are now. I don't think that Wake Forest cares about what their basketball priorities are or how their basketball priorities are perceived. I think you ask a majority of kids who rush the court, they probably feel like they had a good time. They're probably I agree. So, do you think that there's anything short of chain link fence that'll stop that? No. I suggested on Monday, maybe not chain link fence, but and I hate this idea to be clear, but if safety is the number one goal, maybe a compromise is like the final four courts that are elevated. It's a little bit more difficult to rush, you know what I mean, when they have to kind of step up and climb uh, that way. That would kind of suck, but that would add a layer at the very least. That would be something. Kids gather around. Uh, Uncle Rob's going to give you a little bit of knowledge. Uh, Do you know why they – have you ever heard basketball players referred to as cagers on the cage? You ever heard of that? Tell us, Uncle Rob. There was a time when basketball players were referred to as cagers because they did, in fact, play behind chicken wire. That It was like a chicken coop. Uh, to keep guys that were throwing stuff on the court. So they got to be known as cagers. That is a true story. So it's not the first time they've dealt with stuff like this. Uh, They announced not to rush the field at the UTSA Football Conference Championship game, but we rushed the field anyway. Of course you did. Well, but they protected themselves. And that's a championship game. You're kind of like, but see, just because you say don't do it doesn't mean you're protecting yourself. Just because you say don't, you're incumbent upon putting enough uh, detriment and protection from those that might do it despite that. Uh, just because I you say, hey, don't do that doesn't mean you're safe. Your plan is really unrealistic, though. I would have dedicated. What if there's a sub? You know what I mean? What, what if you, you tell you know Johnson, hey, you're assigned to um, to Martinez? You I know what I mean? Every, and there's a, there's a all last ten players on the court. He's like, who do I have? Who's my guy? Who's, who, who, am I, who am I rushing to protect? I think we can figure it out. We know that think, this isn't going to work. You know what we should do? We should develop the technology to where the moment the buzzer goes off, a force field is established around the court uh, uh, that boxes them in, the players in, and that's how we do it. We can do that. We've got a I couple think. minutes in the break. I think we'll figure it out on the break. But when we do uh, get back, let's do talk some NFL. There are a whole bunch of good running backs out there. Are you not doing your due diligence if you're not willing to spend what be a little bit more than you planned on on a back that you would be getting a whole lot less than they planned on? Let's talk about the market for the running backs as the world or the NFL world gathers in Indiana. Have you ever uh, had a big steak downtown in Indiana? What's the name of that place, RJ? Oh, he's gone. We'll dream of good steaks coming up next. This is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Joe Reinigle here. Coming up on the Blitz, Victor Wimbanyama and the Spurs wrap up the rodeo road trip tonight. Let me ask you this question. We figure he's going to win Rookie of the Year, but is there a case to be made for Wimby winning Defensive Player of the Year? We'll talk about that. Plus, the NFL Combine is going on. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk will join us at 515 to talk all things Dallas Cowboys. Hey, RJ. Did you miss our little cuddle this morning?
Well, did you? No. He's RJ. I'm Rob. We uh, encompass the morning huddle. We're glad you're with us. Uh, Please do yours. We showed up for work. Do your little bit. Uh, Make sure uh, you are part of the... uh, the crew you're liking and subscribing on the regular. Um, we're going to talk some running back. But let's talk, first of all, in the grand scheme of things, um, are we going to get any idea who the Cowboys are chasing in the uh, over the next couple of days? I mean, are we going to watch them zero in on a tackle or a guard? Or are we going to hear that there's a running back that they like? Or there's a big linebacker that's really filling the hole that really, you know, has the strength? Are we going to get that, or is that not pretty typical with the Cowboys? No, I think that the information, the breadcrumbs that will be dropped this week when Jerry speaks from his bus at the Combine will be more along the lines of contract discussions, mm-hmm. contract information relative to Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons. We've been talking about it forever. Uh, you did not know that it was a leap year, did you? I did know. It's election year. Oh, well, oh, is that they always coincide. I guess I never... Realize that. Look at you. Uh, okay. Well then. Anyway, uh, so we have an extra day. The Cowboys do, but mm-hmm. uh, time is dwindling. They have about two weeks now until March thirteenth. Um, so what happens on March the thirteenth? On March the thirteenth, free agency begins in earnest. Um, although it effectively begins two days prior on March eleventh. But that's kind March of a 13th. dead period, right? You can. Well, so March thirteenth is the official beginning of the new league year, and that's when all things can become processed. But March eleventh is when the legal tampering period opens. Legal and, tampering, yeah, I like that. That's yeah, and and teams effectively agree to terms. They just you know cannot mm-hmm. sign, put pen to paper until the thirteenth. Um, and so, the reason that's significant is if the Cowboys want to be active on March eleventh or March thirteenth, they have to have this stack thing taken care of so that they have you know, available salary cap space um, to obviously work with. And so they kind of have two weeks to get this done. And if they don't, I don't want to say it would be a failure, but it, it would be kind of close. Like it, it would be handling this in the messiest way possible to not get, if, if you're going to do the DAC thing and you don't do it in the next two weeks, you're doing it the wrong way uh, is, is basically the point. If, if you've accepted that you're going to do it, you have to do it. You've made that decision. You have to do it as soon as possible right. to alleviate the necessary cap space. Does the Russell Wilson situation have any bearing on Dak Prescott's situation at all? Literally, no. Is there Literally anything zero. out there that would that we're waiting on that we are needing for the Dallas Cowboys to see? The, the picture is completely clear now. There's no vagaries out there. Literally nothing. Okay, it has absolutely nothing to do with it. It's just you know Russell Wilson is moving on from the Denver Broncos, or the Broncos are moving on from him. That'll be the, the transactional part of it, uh, in all likelihood. And that'll be that. And Russell will sign with a new team, and the Broncos will have a new quarterback. And, you know, nothing nothing involving the Dallas Cowboys whatsoever. Is it true that teams thought the cap might actually go down? I mean, you they say that, but we're still in the middle of the TV revenue coming in, and that was always going to lead to balloons and balloons and balloons and balloons and that's why you know quarterback contracts are structured the way they are because agents know this and they want a piece of that pie they want it to Mm -hmm. you know they want the cap to go up as much as possible and so you're kind of licking your chops and salivating at the opportunity to to take home a lot of money um but up 30 million dollars i mean that's a big bump dude amazon paid 120 million dollars for one playoff game i mean and that's Mm -hmm. that's not even involved in this year's cap I mean, but that's how much TV money there is. 
And it's in the CBA that certain percentages and certain portions of that have to go to the salary cap so that there can't just be this monopoly, you know, sort of effect where owners are taking every single penny. Because if it were up to them, the owners the owners are probably like, this sucks that we have to give, you know, a little bit more to the players. What are we but- at, 51 and a half, 52% now to the players? It, it's something, it, it grew with the last agreement. Now, right, that was the, part of what the players want. But the good news is, I mean, everybody got a little bit more money, but everybody did get a little bit more money. So now you're dealing with inflation. If everybody got more money, then basically we're just dealing with uh, the same units, but those units are worth more, you know, in this great scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Did this extra money kind of open the door to, for the Cowboys to do something that they didn't think they were going to be able to do? I really don't think so, because... Mm-hmm. They have so many in-house things to take care of, even besides the the big three. You've got Dak to take care of, CJ to take care of, Micah to take care of, and some of those things will alleviate cap space, which is important you know, relative to the, the amount. But you also have Tyron Smith. You have Stephon Gilmore. You may, maybe if you are looking for something that maybe this does is maybe it allows you to keep Tyler Biotish um, if you're really stretching, although that feels unlikely, it kind of feels like they're ready to reset at the position because Tyler has every reason to ask for a lot of money as well. Maybe not market setting money, but um, the the units are are probably going to remain pretty chalk across the board. Yes, the pie is bigger, but everyone's portions all grew as well. It's it's not like everyone's getting the slice they were getting, you know, last week just with a bigger pie. With with the pie being so much bigger, everybody wants their their piece to be commensurate relative to the overall proportion. This is where the GMs, this is where they make their money right here. I, I, the, the unexpected windfall and, and then their ability to use that windfall that everybody else got too, to your benefit, I think we'll see who really is a great GM coming in over the next couple of weeks. Do you think it's Jerry? Um, think no, I think, I think that he should spend some money on a running back, but I don't think he's going to have oh to spend God. as money, <laughs> much money as he thought he was. Hey, coming back, let's talk some baseball. More specifically, do you want to see – your favorite players' asses? Because you can. Did you hear the NFL baseball, uh, the NFL, Major League Baseball, trying out these new Nike-designed uniforms, their Fanatics-produced uniforms, and they're supposed to wick the sweat off you, and you're supposed to feel better, more comfortable? Well, evidently, there's a... Have you seen this, a see-through kind of thing going on with the, with the uniform itself? This is a contentious subject. Baseball dudes are pretty upset. Uh, and their their spouses are having a lot of fun with it. So with that in mind, um, I remember back a long time ago, whenever you cede a lot of control to the shoe company or the uniform companies, they're always going to try to come up with something new. And back in the late 80s, after North Carolina State had won the national championship, and Valvano was still the head coach there, he hadn't gotten sick yet. They, uh, he had a young point guard that he had recruited, one of the best in the country. His name was Corciani. And uh, because North Carolina State was the biggest basketball program in the, in the world at that moment, and Valvano was a rock star, Nike decided that they would take advantage of one of their you know, ACC Tuesday night special games and outfit the North Carolina State team in a brand new uniform. So they showed up to the Wolfpack, and they, and they gave them all what essentially I've never actually seen them in public. I've just heard hearsay about this story, that they gave them all what were essentially like wrestling unitards, that they were going to revolutionize the basketball uniform. So they gave the North Carolina State team this brand-new North Carolina State Wolfpack wrestling unitards, and the team saw them and said, we ain't going out on the field in this. We ain't going out on the court. We're not going to wear this. We can't, in, in good conscience, walk out. And that's the first and only time I've ever heard of a team going, nope, not going to do that. Can you imagine if you're a 360-pound offensive lineman at Baylor. 
and you walk in to a homecoming game and your parents are coming, your girlfriend's coming, everybody's coming to the game and you walk into the locker room and Baylor has laid out yellow from head to toe, yellow helmet, yellow jersey, yellow pants, yellow socks, yellow shoes, and you weigh 375. You're like, once I put this on, I'm going to look like a big lemon. I'm going to look like a lemon rolling out on the field, and I got nothing to say. You got to put it on. The Spurs got to put on that brown uniform. Like, are you kidding me? I went to high school in Brownsville. And All right, if so, you, you know, could have fixed miss, your, me with, you your, know. If you could have gone to Bluesville, if you grew up in Bluesville, Texas, and they oh, only my wore life blue, would be so wouldn't it have been yeah. better? It would have been. I, I would. I, I don't know where I'd be right now, but I, I wouldn't be here. I, you know what I mean? I, I like life would be very different for all of us. Uh, but man, and if you if you want to pair brown with a color, pair it with white. You know what I mean? Like it, that, that's you know it's no. a little weird, but like. That's the best. Brown and gold is just a horrible it's a ter- idea. You know, it's, it's washed hor- out and a, awful. It, and and again, like you know, now you know, there's some more advanced polyesters. But at the time, it, it was just always mustard yellow was was the shirt. So like your choices were like, hey Rob, you want the brown shirt or the mustard yellow shirt? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, what are we doing here? No, uh, nobody's enjoying this. This but- always amazes me that that remember like the NBA a couple years back. It's been more than a couple, but they tried to change the fabric of the ball. And they didn't do oh, enough that testing, was like, and that it was, was like ripping the skin off. Twenty every, years ago, yeah, and it was well, they, ripping they the skin to off the, the fingers. The alignment of the of the 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 palette, not the palettes, um, the the lines were different. Oh yeah, they um, did. And, and the leather was weird, and it was taking the skin off people's fingertips. Uh, we've seen occasions where baseball is tightly stitched, lightly stitched, overstitched, understitched, overstuffed, well, understuffed, according well, to this, what baseball wants. The uniform thing with baseball, this is what matters. This is going. This is not going when to end well. If there is a sport, and if there are athletes who are anal about this kind of stuff, it is baseball. It matters. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so they really care about the fit, and their their complaints aren't just that the pants are see through. They're also that the pants aren't custom tailored the way that they were. I think it's just like you want small, medium, or large. You know, <laughs> it's just like, okay. Uh, and and beyond that, the the shirts or the shirt, the jerseys have. Um, they almost look kind of screen printed. Mm-hmm. They don't have the same proper uh, trims and, and kind of popping, you know, accent colors or bordering and things like that. And they feel like they look kind of lame. They feel like it, they look. It looks cheap. like a cheap AAU uniform. It looks like the kind of uniform that our kids would play for. And if you won, you got a free uni. And it was, you know. Well, so I saw a comment on Reddit, um, the Astro subreddit, that said, this looks like the free jersey that they give away when you, when you go to a game. That's exactly what it looks like. The Even, quality and the printing and the color scheme and everything like that's exactly what it looks like. But it's supposed to be some kind of space-age polymer, right? It's supposed to be something that's going to keep me cool or it's, make me younger and better looking? It's just supposed to be able to be more mass-produced more quickly, Rob. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be uh, a cost-cutting uh, move of efficiency for the outfitter. Uh, of Major League Baseball. And so it's it always know. amazes me that entities of this size and magnitude will screw things up like this. That Dude, won't mean, even have tested it. Nobody has ever even put the uniform on to say, hey, you know, you can see my nipples. Has <laughs> <laughs> anybody noticed you can see all the way? Th- no one knew. How many games do we have at night uh, with the lights on us? Because, uh, and also, how many do we have at 1 o'clock where I'm going to be sweating a lot because um, this is a tough scene. And the next the next evolution of this, Rob, the next complaint is players complaining they're too hot because they have to wear under, you know, appropriate underwear. Uh, and and I, don't mean, I don't mean literally, but undergarments yes. in general, even undershirts, 
to combat the see-throughness of this all. Because uh, I will say this for for all the baseball stuff, um, because it's baseball season's upon us. There is I don't know if you're aware of this. There is no app or website like MLBs. They crush mm-hmm. the competition. Their ability to see and stream and and watch and access so quickly. It is the most efficient website that any professional sports league has. And I also love that the the, the tickets the ticketing is built into the app as well. Oh, their app is a one-stop yeah. shop. It, it, it's wonderful. I love everything about baseball's app. Um, they just got to apply that same logic to their uniform distribution. Oh, well, you know, chicks dig the long ball. Now they can prove it. Uh, coming back in the nine hour, we got so much to do. I got to go carbo load and hydrate. Hey, we got Spurs talk for you as they're finally coming home. Will they be coming home with a win? We're going to look at that. Cowboys chasing a running back. Is he in the college ranks or is he playing in another city? That's all coming in the next hour. And we're offering our grievances. Hold on, they're coming. Rembenyama three, two! Goes behind the back here. Oh! Little sidestep and a jam by Rembenyama. This is the Morning Huddle on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Now, here's Rob and R.J. Hey, don't mind him brake lights. We'll get you where you're going. Huddle up around us. He's R.J. I'm Rob. This is the Morning Huddle here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. I want to congratulate whoever won our Hosier tickets early in the day. We let that go to the morning crew. Uh, thanks for those that were here. We'll have tickets all week long. I'm sure the Blitz will be chock full of fun and goodness today as uh, Joe got a full night's sleep and Jason Minix is back from, back from yet another visit to uh, Las Vegas. This time it paid off well as his wife ran 13.1 miles and Jason didn't have to. So we expect him in uh, full strength <laughs> today starting at 2 o'clock as the Blitz gets busy and stays right here. i got to make sure I clean this place. Um she better get a car bumper sticker, the 13.1. She's awesome. You, you run it? You can do that. Uh, what did you do last night? Last night, I, um, let's see here. We entertained my son, oh, which is uh, mm-hmm. a chore in and of itself. A fun <laughs> chore. Yeah. Um, he Zoomed with his grandparents and spoke a lot of words. And we made salmon and sweet potatoes for dinner. And then I watched the was match. Was that a sheet meal? Did you do it all in one sheet with the salmon and sweet potatoes? No, we, we do, do the sweet potatoes in um, this Ninja Air Fryer thing, but we do throw the salmon in the, gotcha. in the oven. So um, while you were entertaining and having fun in a, in a, sounds like a healthy and savory meal. Um, it was. Did you watch any golf? Did you watch what? Yeah, I, I watched. I said I watched the match. Um, I kept, well, I, at first I watched it on the iPad because the kid had the TV. Um, so, but then I, I was promoted to the television when he went to bed and, uh, watched, this was match number nine. Did you know that? Well, we're doing two a year now, right? Well, they started the first one, obviously in kind of the height of COVID. Right. Um, and I think we all thought like, oh, this is like a one-off thing. So that was, that was, that was Brady and Tiger and Peyton and. Yeah. I'm actually kind of curious here. So last night was Rory McIlroy and. Rose Zhang against Max Homa and Lexi Thompson. <laughs> Rory won. So the first one was um I'm oh, sorry, it wasn't the first one wasn't COVID. I forgot about this. The first one was just Tiger and Phil in Vegas. I remember the t- um, Okay, so that was before COVID. That was the summer yeah, before or yeah, the winter no, before. No, that was 
that was a year and a half. That was November 18. And then we had um, we had Tiger and Peyton Manning against Phil and Tom Brady. That was the second one. And then we had Phil and Charles Barkley against Steph Curry and Peyton Manning. Then we had, this was now we're in 2021, Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. That was when Aaron was still mm-hmm. using every microphone alive uh, for weaponizing himself against the Green Bay Packers against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, who had who were defending their title, um, I believe. Anyway, um, so no, now we have Rory and three dudes that could get off work. It was Rory. Uh, well, Max Holm was a pretty good golfer, and Lexi's one of the and Rose Zhang's amazing. Rose Zhang won How her she? Like first 20? ever. She's in college, and in fact, one of the things they showed was her schedule today, and um, <laughs> and uh, everything she had going on. She had it was she was like, like study a, hall. Well, she was like catching a flight after the match or whatever, and then she had like calm one hundred and four this morning, and then like you know she had to go to work and work out and lift and all this stuff. She's one of the best collegiate golfers in the world, and um, and Max Holm was pretty good, although he's never won a major. Lexi Thompson is amazing. She's been a professional for like half her life at this point in time. Uh, but Rory did win and did win the most money for charity. I believe this was Rory's and, and first. And who was the charity? In, uh, I believe it was actually, upon research, the first T was, oh, uh, was. was the That's charity. The Tiger's deal. Um, this feels very much like the slam dunk competition. That it was really fun when everybody was really trying to show off. But now, uh, best we can do is Rory and some high school or college freshman named Zhang. I think um, she's uh, a little bit, you know, more of a, of a, you know, elder statesman on campus. Um, but yeah, looking at this, I forgot about, like there was one match, the match, uh, what was this? Uh, eight, seven, six, five was Brooks Kapka against Bryson DeChambeau specifically. Um, so yeah. And of all these matches, one, Two, three, four of them have taken place in Nevada, specifically. Two of them at the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember now the Rogers one. That one was in, in Big Sky, Montana. That felt very uh, Yellowstoney for obvious reasons. The um, this one was at West Palm Beach, Florida. What I, I get the initial attempt. I know why they did it before because I mean, more tigers better, and then. You throw well, in. Tiger Phil. It was this new like right, yeah, it was we're cool. gonna we're gonna bet we're gonna bet on everything. And, and we're gonna then, be betting on every shot. No gambling. Ooh, yeah. wow, and then we're greenies and wolf and and then and then that that was okay. That was cool. And then they go, you know what would be better if we could see Tom and Peyton play. And then we're well, like, okay. And, uh, and no, that was peak COVID, so it was like, what's a what's a good way to raise money for this? Like that was a great idea. Totally, I was it. with it. And then they go, oh, you know what, uh, Barkley. Yeah, that's hilarious. That guy can't play at all. I, I no, I'll that's I'm down now. Um, this is uh, this is an idea whose time has come and gone, man. Uh, and is it because of the the PGA liver thing that we're just not going to get the talent that is going to be required to draw any kind of interest at all? I don't know what the numbers are, but I bet it was you and about a hundred other people, including uh, friends and family of the players. Well, Jacob Eric says in the brigade bar says, "Hey, the match is cool, very fun to watch." It is. Um, so Rory's great. Max Home is great. But this was the match nine. And kind of to your point, do you have any idea who was involved in the match eight? Do you want no, to guess? I don't care anymore. Well, the match eight was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Oh, I, that's right. <laughs> against uh, Steph and Clay. At least so, that had something interesting. Yeah, on paper, the match seven looked great. 
Um, it was Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. I don't care who wins. We against don't... Rory and Tiger. No, it, but I'm, I'm, it's I'm, the I'm... conversation. It's what's That's going what on. And I'm all about this. Give me as much match content as possible. I um, I felt the the conversations can be a little bit awkward and a little bit forced <laughs> if they're amongst people that don't really know each other. Which is why even Mahomes and Kelsey against Steph and Clay. That sounds cool, right? Like, oh, you got these two kind of tag team duos that dominate their respective sports. I mean, their conversations aren't fast. You? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why the, the Spieth, Thomas, Rory, Tiger thing to me is interesting because you have four, you know, amazing professional golfers. I want to hear their conversations with one another. I feel like I have access. To, I, I'd rather see Tom Brady and the guys like Steph Curry. I'd like to see Steph Curry play some more. The guy can play. Well, uh, he, he might he might play like professional Tony Romo. I'd like to see the very best golfers out there go at it and not be not the P. I want one PGA type, but I want other golfers that are really good that are on that pro tour that you know that are doing all the things that you do when you retire. I'd much rather watch that than a bunch of of, of what they showed last night. They've made a tactical error. That's not what I, we want to see on a Monday night. But if you'd advertise that. It was somebody in the news, somebody that is worthy of a quilt, a quip or whatever. Um, I am in, but watching a, a I three, think you're four just being other, a hater. no, I'm not this because cool. it, it 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 had me for a while and it's now lost me. I think it's cool. It's a cool uh, the format. You don't need it. Last night they did skins. Um, just play golf. Just just play match play. It's the match. Just just play match but, play. We don't need you. We we don't need you to reinvent the wheel. Match play's fine. We don't need you to force, you know, trash talk or anything like that. Just let them talk. That's all. I but just want to hear them but talk. Is this an event for golfers or for well, golf fans? Because you say Thomas Homa, he's like whatever his name is. I don't know Max who the hell Homa. this Max Homa is. I don't. I don't give a crap. So, I can watch um, him on Sundays. Why don't you give me something I can't watch? So um, I don't know if you know this or not, but you asked like if this is for golfers. Are you aware of what the Netflix Cup is slash was? Um. <laughs> no, I have I have no idea what the Netflix Cup is. The, the Netflix Cup happened um, in November. It was about a week before Thanksgiving last year, the, uh-huh. this most recent year, um, in Las Vegas ahead of the 2023 Las Vegas Grand Prix. Um, it, so it was obviously Netflix put it on. I don't, I don't know if that was obvious to you, right. but Netflix put it on, streamed it online. And it was actually significant because it was Netflix's the first foray live streaming. In, in, yeah. into live streaming a sporting right. event. I remember that. Um, but, but as it was Netflix, they took advantage of their sporting properties. Um, obviously, the newest season of Drive to Survive, uh, uh, chronicling Formula One racing, right. is out. They also have the new season of Full Swing, the uh, PJ Tour slash mm-hmm. live slash overall golf version of that. Uh, season two debuts next week. So they took some F1 drivers. They took some uh, PJ Tour there players. I'm in. Well, it kind of sucked. Uh, really? So it was Lando Norris and Ricky Fowler, Carlos Sainz and Justin Thomas, uh, Pierre Gasly and Tony Finau, and Alex Albon and your boy Max Homa. See, Max is all about these. Max is playing be. in every cup or match he can get his hands on. You know, to me, that sounds really interesting. That's the kind of thing that would draw me in, just to see how well, good are these guys. And, you know, I also want to see him screw it up and, you know, completely duff one like I would. But I also like to see the interaction amongst professional athletes and the way that they talk want- to each other. Do you want to hear me ruin it for you? Because you could you could go back and watch this. Oh, you know, you can fire it up on Netflix. Sure. What? Well, what do you mean? You watch some weird crap. I could totally see you like you know one night you know, perusing your way so, through. So if at this. some point I am re-watching a fake so, golf tournament from November but, that is starring F one drivers, uh, I've got problems, man. 
but okay, but let me explain to you why this is really lost. I, I will absorb any of this. I watched okay. the entire match last <laughs> night, and it was great. But the Netflix Cup was a bridge too far. So the first hole, um, it was like, ooh, yeah, exciting. Ooh, trash talk. Ooh, blah, blah, right, blah, right. whatever. Um, <laughs> we've, we've got some of the fastest people in the world here with the, obviously, F1 drivers. Um, the challenge of the first hole was they all teed off simultaneously. Like, 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 kind of, like a had start a, of a race or something. Well, and they, they had a, a start, uh, line, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at the be- hang on, hang on. So it was like, bam, 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 you know what I mean? And the balls and went. then, well, and then they all had the chance, like, they were told this, they had to run to their carts and race in, in the carts. And the I'm goal liking this was, so far. I'm the, kind of in. The, the goal was to obviously, you know, score, get your, your ball in the cup. As quickly as possible. So the team who, so then they, they were like running up and like, like, you know, like extreme putt, but like, and it, it, was, it turned into like, you know, uh, roller hockey at RJ, a certain point in time. It was, I think well, this idea's time has come. I might need to go watch this. I'm saying it's accessible to you on Netflix. Just fire up the Netflix cup. Um, we might have a new was, 16th hole idea. <laughs> well, you were, the other day you were asking for like extreme events or things to do with the family, like laser tag, go kart racing. This is that. Um, the Netflix Cup gave birth to some ideas. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I like the idea. Golf is a casual sport for <laughs> most people on earth. It's, it's a, a chatting sort of sport, a, mm-hmm. a, a thing you do while you're having conversations. Just let people golf and let us watch their conversations. We don't need you to cute this up by right. adding this, that, or whatever. Or, and if you want to raise money for charity, you want to do closest to the pin, I'm all for it. But I honestly, you know, last night was done. It was Ernie and Chuck and, you know, the whole, mm-hmm. you know, kind of TNT crew. I don't even need them. And nothing again. I love them. They're great. I, and I will watch anything they do covering any kind of basketball game. But I just want to watch the people who are golfing be the ones who are talking. And I get a lot of that on Sunday. I'd rather have new guys, guys that are good with pros. I, think, I, I like though, that interaction. Where, where this has been a good thing, I don't know how much golf you're watching, but on CBS broadcast now for PJ Tour events, um, on Sundays, and, and I guess on the weekend, really, they'll have somebody, they'll throw an AirPod in their ear, and they'll talk to them on their walk for, after their tee shot to the ball. So, and so, you know, it's, it's cool, and, and some big-time dudes have done it, and that's, you know, it's always cool to hear, yeah, this is what I'm thinking, this is my approach, I'm scanning this, this you know, that hole, I can't believe I missed that putt, like, I, I'm I'm all for that, and so if at the very least the match gave birth to that, it's been worth it. Those guys are thinking the same thing I am. I always find it funny when they walk up. They're like, you know what I'm going to do here is I'm going to pull out. I'm going to flatten out this nine iron, and I'm going to and I I'm always thinking the same thing. So what I'm going to do here? But that, that watch them do it. It actually works. I'm going to flatten it yeah. out. You know what I would do here, and like that's always I always think the same thing. Like I always felt like I'd be a good caddy. It's one of the few sports that exists where we can you know, hear that. We can, you know, understand the goal, you know, mid-game, so to speak. You, you can't, like, it's not like after first down, after the four-yard run, you can be like, okay, so what are you guys thinking here on second and six? You know, like, tell us. Tell the viewing audience what your plan is right now. But I think uh, we can all agree they're going to have to reevaluate the current status of the uh, what, the match. Wow. What because a hater. What I'm just saying, well, it, I mean, if no one saw nor no one cared, I think that's enough. Wow. You're what one in a hundred. hater. I'm you should have saved this for grievances. I am here to help. Oh, grievances are coming. Grievances are coming in just a couple of minutes. We'll let you get that bad air out and bring in that good stuff as we want you to go through a full day without being so angry. That's what we do. But before, 
we do that. Let's predict the Dallas Cowboys storyline over the next couple of days. What do you expect the Cowboys to do? Jerry's going to give us his presser on the bus tomorrow. What's he going to say? Is there a high-end running back coming? Uh, we're going to talk about it next. Cowboy talk at the combine just around the corner. This is the morning huddle, and you are on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. This is the time of year to enjoy life. Stop letting that pain in your joints keep you from doing what you want this spring. Call QC Kinetics now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. I'm talking about lasting joint pain relief with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. It's a fact. QC Kinetics is literally transforming lives. Their advanced treatments harness your body's own natural ability to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. Pro athletes have been doing this for decades, but now this life-changing treatment is available for you. So you can walk, run, climb stairs, play golf, and move again, pain-free. No pills, no risky surgery. QC Kinetics has tens of thousands of satisfied patients who have reclaimed their mobility. So take action now. It's a great use of your tax refund check, by the way. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. 210-571-0318. 210-571-0318. That's 210-571-0318. Locations in Hollywood Park, Westover Hills, and New Braunfels. Flight by Yingling is the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. D.G. Yingling and Son Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Hey, hoop heads. College hoops are heating up, and if you've got your eyes on the madness to come, I need you to register for the Dose Million Bracket Challenge today at Twin Peaks. Go lock in your chance to win $2 million and more epic prizes. Head over to TwinPeaksBracketChallenge.com to get started. Let our team keep your home running comfortable and worry-free. Call on Mr. Electric for all your electrical needs. 210-248-2026. Or get a hold of us online at mrelectric.com and enter your zip code. License number TECL 34221. You're on San Antonio's Sports Star. Hey, you started the day out right. Give yourself a gold star. If you still got problems, you got something bothering you in about 10 minutes, you're going to get a chance to let it out. Let the bad air out, let the good air in. We're going to air our grievances in just a second. You can say it, you can type it, and there's lots of ways you can do that. You can text us, 656-3776. you got something to get off your chest, you can talk it out, sound off like you got a pair, or you can head to our YouTube feed and uh, let everybody else see it. And if you want it prominent, I understand you can like tip or something, get it up at the front, and it'll hang out there for a little bit. You can do that as well. Yeah, you can super chat. Super chat. I'm a super chatter. Are you really? Well, no. I mean, you have the ability to I, chat. In a I, I have learned over the last uh, three or four days, my small talk skills have really, really declined over the years. I used to be pretty good at it. I could make conversations just about anybody. Rob, I've been around you in a lot of settings. If there's one thing that has declined for you, it is not your ability to smile. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I caught myself talking about the weather in an inordinate amount. Oh, my gosh. You know, when you're falling uh, back on the weather and other stuff and you don't have anything else to say i realize man i'm gonna have to go read up i got i got people coming from all angles and i, I got nothing to say i gotta get better you know what though um it was the warmest february on record for the hey. united states that's well that's worth talking about like that's worth knowing that's worth you know well, saying hey that's weird you know what i mean uh depending on the side of the fence you're on start getting uh, political 
Yeah, I mean, you know, just, it's all it's all it's just, all because of that. Uh, you know what I mean? Are we going to have? And, and while the the combine has become this event that is so much bigger than athletes that are showing up. I mean, and the ones that we want to see are only going to do the things that they're really really good at. And if they're if there's any question at all, they're not going to do it. But there are guys the, that are going to make some money this weekend, right? The Somebody? combine is what I feel like our Super Bowl experience is like. There's so much value in being there the week of Radio Row. Right. Like that's, that's the week but that this we're is, working. We're talking about the value is in the, the, those that are on the teams, the general managers, the talent acquirers. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, because of, of where we're at in life and society and technology, again, I don't mean to minimize the value of the combine, but every coach, every scout, every analytics staffer has access to all the tape in the world. On these players, not mm-hmm. just collegiate tape, not just high school tape, but seven on seven tape, whatever tournament tape. I mean, you know, just and not even just football tape and basketball tape. I mean, you know, like any sort right. of athletic, you know, uh, accomplishments or experience or participation, whatever. Beyond the tape of being able, because you know, people say, oh, you know, we uh, we want, you know, we we judge off the film, blah blah. They also have access to all sorts of actual analytics. All these players have tracking data that tells you what they do, how fit they are, et cetera, et cetera, and what they move like in football attire, which matters, obviously. There's a big difference in running a 40-yard dash um, in you know just the underwear that is the proverbial Olympic attire here relative to shoulder pads and knee pads and things like that, even as you know tight and efficient as they are nowadays for players in today's game. So, I, again, I don't mean to say it's worth nothing, but the real value for the overall – NFL franchises involved isn't what they learn watching the players throughout the drills and the combine. It's what they're able to gather, what they're able to accomplish in terms of conversations throughout the week with other people. And and yeah, they can pick up the phone and whatever, but they can have face-to-face conversations. They can talk not just to other NFL teams, but representatives for teams, representatives for players. They can broker things, negotiate things, et cetera, et cetera. Now the Wonderlick test, that's no more. We're not, they're not taking that. Well, and the S2 is, on its way, I read this massive article. So the S two is the next test that judges not football intelligence, but general just intelligence. I don't know what the Wonderlick was supposed to grade. And I don't know what the S so, two does, but it seems to be on its way out. Both of them. The S two is was billed as the a, a test to kind of assess a quarterback's ability to react their reflexes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking F one. Have you seen the video of Pierre Gasly and Tyreek Hill with tennis balls? Yeah. Tennis by chance? Mm-hmm. At the Miami Grand Prix last year, uh, Pierre dropped tennis balls and Tyreek had to catch him. And, and, you know, he does that and you're like, oh man, Tyreek's reaction skills are like amazing. And then Pierre does it and it's like, you know, like, it's like, man, the, the gap in, mm-hmm. in mental processing, nothing against Tyreek Hill, but you just have to be that elite to drive an F1 car. Um, the S2 is kind of intended to measure those kind of skills. And measure it's it's kind of I I believe they test you on like a gaming computer uh, because you you're kind of doing this and you're checking this right. and whatever blah blah, um, and now the the kind of narrative that's being put out there because C.J. Stroud made this test look pretty dumb you know <laughs> you know what I mean he really uh, highlighted how not just how dumb the test looks but also or, or looks but also highlighted how not cool it was for whoever to leak that right? Um, because they did it clearly in an effort to kind of smear him ahead of the draft because it happened like right before the draft actually last year. Because the, And so 
Go but, ahead. Well, I was saying, you know, as we watched what the combine was when it first, you know, NFL Network first dared to show it to us about 20 years ago, and we thought, wow, we finally get a peek behind the curtain. We're really seeing the evaluation. And I do think back then there was some legitimate evaluation going on behind the scenes because they didn't, there was always the pro day at every school, but you want to get a mix of both. But I think we've gotten to this adversarial point with the combine that the very reason for its existence doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, all the stuff that we really cared about that they would pull out because of leaks and because of other stuff they can't do, like all those crazy questions they ask, Well, you know, that we've always heard about and how they, you know, we've heard the, uh, the bad stuff like Des Bryant and other guys get asked some really tough, odd questions. You know, while the justification for those questions was a little, you know, questionable you do want to see what your guys look like under pressure you want to be the guy that interviews this this possible first round million dollar thing and you want to see what he acts like when things are a little tough you know i still think there's some benefit to it but not physically at all there's nothing physical that we're going to find out over the next four days that's going to change anybody's mind the benefit most notably comes from an informational standpoint um now there are dudes because nobody who is a somebody relative to kind of uh, draft status at least right now is going to throw is going to do this is going to do that because they don't want to do it in a a non-controlled environment they want to do it at their pro day where they you know have complete and total control if they're throwing they're throwing to their guys whatever um but but there are quarterbacks or or players or whoever who throw who do this who do that that can stand to improve their draft status who can stand to improve their draft stock i mean you can put yourself from being a low sixth round draft pick mm-hmm. to, you know, maybe a low fifth round draft pick, things like that. Um, there are players who, who definitely can benefit from all of this and, and benefit by proxy, uh, from nobody else doing anything, from being, you know, one of the only quarterbacks or whoever who does decide to throw. Uh, uh, you know, being the best quarterback who throws at the combine isn't anything to, to brag about. No, not at all. Given how many, how few people are involved, but you're still the best. You know what I mean? You're still the best that everybody saw. And there's, you know, at the end of the day, these are these are human judgments, and you can't help but let your humanness take over sometimes. In your long history with the Cowboys, can you think of anybody that you know showed up at the combine the Cowboys didn't know, and suddenly they got us something? They got something that nobody. I mean, I can't recall any combine so, warrior that made it onto the Cowboys that panned out for any length of time. No, but I will say. I guess if you're looking for what that version is for the Cowboys, and and we'll get there in the coming weeks, every team is allowed 30 visits mm-hmm. that you are you're allowed to bring in players. The Cowboys are very specific with who they bring in for their 30 visits, and and it is you can generally find their first round draft pick. And look, it's 30 players, and some of them are obvious, and you you have exceptions like. The Cowboys are you, you can interview players locally that don't count against your right. thirty visits. So they're fortunate that all these Aggies and Longhorns TCU and whoever you know, right exactly up. don't don't count against that list. But in that respect, there are very, very, very few exceptions in which the Cowboys have been so impressed by measurements or tape or whatever that they've they've deviated from that. One of the only ones I can think of was Morris Claiborne. Um they traded up to draft him in twenty twelve, traded up to the sixth overall pick. He was not a thirty visit. But they just fell so in love with him. I think he was their second graded player on their board that year behind Andrew Luck. Um, and so, you know, they were like, we just have to have this guy. What about the cornerback out of UConn a couple years back, the athlete? Byron Jones was a 30 visit. <laughs> he was in a 30 visit. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. Corner, cornerback safety, that's a sensitive topic. Reason to watch, if nothing for the for the you know the Schefters and the bombs that come out of the backroom meetings over the next couple of days. And we do know this. Jerry has a history of inviting people onto his Luxo yacht boat uh, bus that he brings up to Indianapolis. We expect a little bit of that from him tomorrow. Uh, coming up, it's time to air your grievances. We want you to charge into Tuesday the right way. Let that bad air out. You've got something to grieve about. You can type it. You can talk it, but you got to let it go. We're airing out our grievances next. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports. This is the Morning Huddle with Rob Thompson and R.J. Ochoa. Welcome, newcomers. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. Here are the grievances with Robin RJ. We do it every day while our day is just about done and yours just beginning. And we don't want you charging into the day with, you know, bad air, feeling bad. You got to let it out. You got you to gotta let it out so you can live your life. So we let you air your grievances. Um, I didn't get a chance to air anything yesterday. I'm a little verklempt, but I will allow you the floor first. RJ, uh, any thoughts, anything you got to let out, any bad air you got to... Uh, I'd say this one is directed at an NFL team specifically, um, some more than others. It's the week of the NFL Combine, and we've discussed most of what that means. The one thing we've kind of left out is it means we are going to get peed on a lot and told it's raining um, in different senses. Uh, about five minutes ago in real time, New York Giants general manager Joe Shane said that they have faith in Daniel Jones as their quarterback. Oh, good to know. Joe. You know, Joe, look, we're all adults. <laughs> you know, you can, you can be honest. I, I'm not saying you have to tell us your whole plan, even part of your plan. But we don't have to do this. We don't have to, because what will invariably happen is some people will drink the water that you have led them to. And you are going to incite fights and arguments among Giants fans at their family gatherings between now and the NFL draft where somebody's going to say, we got to get rid of Daniel Jones. He stinks. <laughs> and then some disconnected from actual reality family member is going to say, I don't know if you know this, but Joe Shane said that we have faith in Daniel Jones, so you better take that and shove it. And we don't need How that. How many of those guys are left? I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think a lot. <laughs> You know, we saw Tommy DeVito come in, and it, it ain't easy for anybody to just come in and play quarterback. You could do it for five minutes. But but DJ, he's done it for multiple years now, all right? That's all Josh Shane's fault, all right? All, all these future arguments we can place at the Thumbs feet of Thumbs up, Shane. man. I completely agree with this. And it's a, they're making their own bed. <laughs> he's literally making his own, like, you, okay. So you want us to believe that you have full, still have full trust. All right, hero, show me your full trust. Yeah. You know, and and then at the very least, if you want to play this game, this and this is a future grievance, and then you do draft a quarterback in the first round, whatever the case may be, don't tell us something stupid. At the very least, be like, guys, I had to lie. You know, it, it was the combine. I was just playing the game. You know, we're going to see right. what happens, but obviously we're, we're leaning more towards a different direction. Like, That's y'all all know a bluff, right? Y'all play cards around your table at home? I was bluffing. Yeah. 
Just say it. Just you know, we don't. You know, we'd all say, Joe, if you said, "Yeah, good for you, Joe." Good, well Good done. Respect. Strategy. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, my man. So that was my first grievance. Okay, and that's some thumbs up. I completely agree with it because um, we're going to get a little bit of our own puffery. Thumbs up. Uh, okay. I've got a sports-related one and a non-sports-related one. Okay. Last last night, I'm watching the highlights on Sports Center of Dante Divincenzo form tackle. A uh, San Antonio legend won uh, his, his, his title. Yeah, he won it right here. Um, form tackle at midcourt. Um, who was that? Cade Cunningham? I forget who it was with the Detroit Pistons. Doesn't matter. One, there was no call. And, you know, the NBA afterwards said, after reviewing, it was fairly obvious that he wasn't fouled. Uh, we're sorry. Um, I get it. Referees make mistakes. But uh, well, I don't understand why... We're complaining about refs, whether it be in football or basketball or umping in baseball. In every other career, you can you can kind of major in that. Why can't referees get a degree in refereeing? And why can't college football players get a degree in football? Why? why? I don't understand why you can't get a degree in football. The coaching, the, the playing, the Jones, history. The Cardale Jones line um, at first, like, I didn't come here. Uh, to play school, I came here to play football. play football. So why not degree them in a program? I can get a degree in Elizabethan poetry, which has just as much use as a football degree when I'm done. Wow. A Bachelor of Arts, I can come out and say I can read a defense as well as you can read the iambic pentameter of William Shakespeare. I mean, it means the same in the world today. So why can't if we can't do that? refereeing, umpiring, why isn't there a four-year degree for that? Why don't we educate them in the ways instead of making them go through the club thing and, oh, you can ref some high school for a while and we'll get you involved with this regional. Why can't you, like, you have degrees to be an airplane pilot. You have degrees to be everything else. This is just as important in a lot of places. In fact, even more so. I would imagine the Vegas types would like to tip in a little bit of money, maybe a scholarship fund for a fully educated, completely prepared pool of talent. Why don't we do why we're bitching constantly? Hey, we got a reffing problem. Well, maybe it's because they had to you know Pull two jobs and drive Uber for 20 years to get it down when maybe they could have degreed up, got their master's in NBA two-minute drills, and come and been prepared. Why don't we do this? They're making a quarter of a million dollars a year. least we can do is force them to be full-time whatevers instead of Joe the insurance salesman in October. But I'll tell you what, in November, I'm going to be... Why are we doing this? There's a, why don't we go get the pool and raise the tide a little bit instead of just screaming into the wind? So your grievance is that officiating isn't better, right? Like if we're, if we're casting a net overall, everything that you said, that officiating should be more properly run. I just think we could prepare our talent in a way to where there's always another pool coming. There's another graduating class of new referees that are coming out ready to take your job. Mm. And if you're not ready to move on, you lose your gig draft? just like other professional athletes. How about a draft? Put them through a combine and, and draft them, and you draft the best ones for the, the biggest games. You See, this like is why we talk about stuff and we air our grievances, because yeah. that is yeah. a fabulous idea. <laughs> it yeah. is. It is a fabulous I, idea. Or maybe not a draft, but like um, – 
you know, like individual sports, like golf or tennis, they have like official world rankings. There should be an official world rankings that are every game you're graded. You know, like uh, like baseball has the umpire scores. You know, what I'm talking about yes. that come out after the game. So why isn't that overall grade you know tabulated and we have a season long, career long average and we say, you know what, we're pulling you know umpires one, two, three, four, whatever for the World Series. No, that makes sense. We'd right? prefer like, to have a high school principal who takes Thursdays off to fly into wherever and take a couple of films. And- and do its job, which worked for a while. It doesn't work anymore. That's a good work. grievance. Thumbs up for me. Uh, we've we've fixed this. Now we just need these uh, sporting organizations with their billions and billions and billions of dollars to devote like the teeniest, tiniest little fraction of it to this cause. Everybody kicks in a little bit of money for the improvement and continuing education of referees who that is their only job and they need to work under the same pressure as the athletes do. If I'm not good enough, I will be replaced and I will be done. Well said. That's a good take. Good, good, solid grievance. Well done. All right. Um, We're two for two. That was your sports one? Or you have a non-sports one? I have a non-sports one. Oh, I have a a non-sports one as well. Um, Uh, Fire away. So, um, you ever have somebody come over for a movie night or something like that? They make a, I don't know, a bowl of popcorn <laughs> at your house. Well, no, I don't mean that. Uh, but, you know, just whatever. They're visiting. They, you know, they throw, they're throwing leftovers in the microwave. Gotcha. Or you're at their house. And, and you know, you say, I'm going to throw they're this doing in. They're a say, lot of that lately. I know. But so they say, you know, well, make sure you do it this because my microwave is different. Oh, yeah. Mine's stronger. Why, why are the microwaves different? Well, I mean, <laughs> what... What happened? Oh, RJ. So <laughs> you, you here's the thing, RJ. You are you were in your world when you were born. There were microwaves already in it. Okay, but that's besides the point here. That's like saying no. I, I'm going to get no. But, no, but that's like going. saying my electricity strong. But you don't like, realize it, the differences when microwaves first arrived. They were wildly different. That's fine. That, but this isn't then anymore. Right. Dude, we can send robots to Mars. You I know don't understand like, why what, they're not uniformly what, strong. What, I, why is there not like a to use that word a uniform uh, microwave capacitance that is like applied in the safety requirements or whatever of microwave manufacturing? You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know how many microwave manufacturers there are in the world, but why is there not a compliance that they all have to meet? You know, they, they all have to live at this exact level of the word isn't strength, but you know, I, I don't like, think it's capacity. Hundred watts either. means hundred watts across the board. Whatever exactly. that is. Like, yeah. why, why does it vary? That's so I don't dumb. understand. Like, it's, it's science. It's so, you go to a hotel or an Airbnb and you're like, let me throw this in. You're like, this is freezing. You're like, I, you know, I put it in for a minute at my house and everything's good. That is so ridiculous that we have reached this point in time where we have four million different types of microwave strength. It 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 creates. Do you know how much time literally we have all lost trying to calibrate ourselves to different microwaves that we have come across in our lives? Think about the minutes as they add up. Or the burnt mouths, the absolute pain we have gone through because your 30 seconds is evidently 90 seconds because my 30 seconds, it's perfect. Yours, it's molten. So, no, more often than not, I have found that my microwave is actually weaker than others. I don't know why that is. Wow. It just seems like mine, it just takes longer, but it cooks better. I know how it works. I know 17 seconds, exactly what it's going to be like in 17 <laughs> seconds. And you do too. On your microwave, you know the difference between 16 and 18 seconds because that 18 seconds, that's going to burn the top of your mouth. 16, perfect. Two seconds. I know, but it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't. It should, it should be, and I used to feel this way as a kid about TV channels. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I'd be talking to my cousin like, oh, yeah, it's on channel 12. Well, channel 12 Why is your 12 is like, different from my 12? Yeah. <laughs> Like, exactly. These, these things should all be the same. 
You know what I mean? We should be we we should make our levels of communication and operation from one person to another more efficient. That's my goal. Um, this I, I we're we're three for three. I'm with you there. We need a, a, some sort of unified board of measures to say exactly this hundred watts will defrost and cook your Jimmy Dean pretzel. Not pretzel. Well, pretzel in twenty seven seconds. Your, uh, your breakfast sausage pancake thing. Thirteen seconds. Perfect. Okay, you're uh, not sports right. one. All right. Um, I've had a ch- I've had to go back and forth uh, up and down thirty five over the last couple of days, and um, I'm a fan of Bucky's. I thought Bucky's was radical. Um, oh no! Don't do this. It's too big, man. And I saw that they're getting bigger. Have you seen that they're getting that one? The Bucky's on I ten headed east toward Houston or west or east toward Houston. Excuse me. They're yeah, making that one even the bigger. They're making it um, even bigger. And so yesterday, I'm uh, trying to – I just want to go get something just to get out of the car. This is not a gas stop. It took me like 15 minutes just to find a place to park. We're we're out of Um, hand here, man. We're out of hand. It shouldn't take – I mean, I I, I won't go back. I shouldn't have to – I don't want to – I love the place. But you don't need 300 gas. You're just inviting more problems. The line, it's too much. It's too much. Too much. So we've talked about this a lot. I, I drove to Waco this past weekend, and I stopped at, at actually every Bucky's on my stop. Um, but I stopped at the one in San Marcos. On that's the, the one I'm talking about. Okay, but that's that's you know I stopped there, and I don't ever really do this, but I didn't need gas at the time, and I need, I wanted to go in and uh, actually have a sub. So first of all, your grievance passes. Uh, that's what I'm about Too to much. kind of confirm. Yeah. Um, I parked on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the the width side, not the length side. Gotcha. Because I didn't need gas. Right. And I I didn't realize I parked on the opposite end of the bathroom. It's an eight hour hike, man. Oh, dude, I had to walk through the parking lot. I had to walk past um all the the shopping area. I had to walk past the bakery. I had to walk past everything, and then I had to go to the bathroom. And then when I was done, I had to go all the way to the other end to the cold drinks and get one and then come all the way back. And I had to carry everything, you know what I mean, it's through the, the whole trek. Um, it bums me out, but I think I have to agree with you. Uh, um, I would also add, as a sub-grievance, I was so excited to get some kolaches because I was driving, I was in the middle, I was doing this and that, whatever. And you think, like, that's a you know a staple of, of, of Bucky. Kind of, right? kind of, yeah. They have a new rule, and they have stopped selling them past 11 a.m. See, <laughs> what are you doing? What are they you're, putting they're, on the menu instead? I mean, that's why I'm getting kolaches all day long. What what exactly do they think I want? I, and they, I've already let this slide. They got rid of the pepper jack cheese kolaches, which and is I a have crime. to eat it with like they're amazing. But now I had to eat these like American cheese, which aren't great, you know. But I've I've allowed myself to lower my standard because I love the kolaches so much. But now I can't even access them for lunch. What? And I don't. I like Bucky's. I love the concept. I think it's a brilliant idea. We've just—it's too big. Just build another one further down the road. Obviously, we'll drive. I mean, you could put one every thirty miles. I think we'll stop at every one of them. But I, the, the, the I will not. If I'm driving north, I won't drive underneath the bridge. You know what I mean? I, everything I want has to be on and off the highway. And if I'm driving yeah. south, I, when I'm going to Dallas, yeah, there yeah, are yeah. stops that I always make. I never go underneath the bridge. It's always yeah, on my right ne- side. You're never stopping at either Bucky's on the way home. No, because I've already done side. that on the way up. Um, you can't make me take 30 minutes. I'm sorry. I'm old. I'm trying to beat a record. I'm trying to beat a time. Also, Too much. on the way back, um, we stopped at Bucky's again. And this 
isn't a grievance because it, it was fair, but I had a great parking spot to gas up, like one of the front, you know, <laughs> front spots row, to baby. gas up. And I was gassing up, and I was, I was, you know, my wife was going to stay in the car with the kid, and I was going to run in and get everything we needed. And as I was finishing gassing up, somebody came in to wait behind me. So then I had to move the car before I went in and hiked all the way through this. Place. Yes, and I actually parked at a pump. I never got gas. Just left because I couldn't find anybody anywhere else to park. Hey, that's what we call the airing of grievances. Don't worry. You'll get a chance again tomorrow. Hey, thanks for hanging with us today. There's so much more to do. We're just the beginning of a full sporting day. The Blitz will be here in force in just a couple hours. Bye, RJ.